A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Poor Hitter, coming at you with another Poor Hitter Podcast. Got some special guests, my best friends and close friends in the industry. Join me for a little chat through our fantasy baseball life, a little snapshot into the day of, a little group chat that we have. And um, it's pretty cool. We just talk about how it came together, how it benefits us. And, uh, you know, we also get into some fantasy baseball analysis, of course, mostly roster construction and, you know, valuation thoughts and just general, um, just general thought processes on how we play and what we've learned and mistakes we've made and everything. So, um, it's Mr. Phil Dusso, uh, Steve Weimer, and Toby Batflip Crazy. Um, yep, you'll hear the intro, we'll talk about what the chat is called, and it's fun. Um, hope you guys find it, you know, kind of enjoying to listen to, and, um, just kind of kick back and listen to Four Putz's, uh, talk about, (laughs) uh, you know, things that, um, influence each other as well, and how we kind of bounce ideas off each other, and, what one person brings more to the table as opposed to the other person and why it benefits to have a little round table um, of friends who you can bounce ideas off of, keep each other in check on, and uh, all that fun stuff. So, enjoy. Alrighty, folks. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. Tonight is a special podcast. You guys are going to get a peek into a special little chat that I have with some of my best friends in the fantasy industry. And we're going to give you a little peek inside to what we talk about and some awesome fantasy baseball analysis from the year and anything going forward as well. This is Mr. Phil Dusso, Mr. Steve Weimer, and Mr. Toby Gavon, Batflip Crazy. What's up, everybody? How you doing tonight? Good. Hey, how you doing, Rob? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you guys for joining me. This is... It's called TCF because TCF and some guy. And basically, it's the robot, the pull hitter, the backflip crazy, and some guy, Mr. Steve Weimer, how he's been referred to on podcast. Um, so he's just some guy, but he's more than just some guy. I mean, he's got two teams in the top, falling for a win in the main main event overall. So, but... um. Yeah, so why don't we give everyone a little peek into where TCF, Triple Crown Fantasy, came from, how it came about, and, um, you know, the origins of the chat. 
Um, I think the chat started from Steve, right? When he started a Twitter DM with the two of us. Um, and then the name came up. It's actually the story of the name is you guys letting me down. Um, so I think it was. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's talk about how we, how I wanted to do it on Discord because I, I couldn't, I couldn't stay on Twitter. I was on like a Twitter warpath. Everything was getting the best of me, and I was like, I need to get off this stupid bird app. And I was like, let's do it on Discord. And I, I set up a. I was like, how do you do this Discord thing? And um, and I was like, oh, it's better. Could look, you could reply to an actual sentence, and then instead of guessing like who's responding to what that's what i think my favorite thing about discord is you could respond to a specific statement rather than what is this guy talking about where did this come from um especially with the east coast west coast difference <laughs> uh but get it phil sorry i didn't need to i think my second that. favorite feature of discord is the, the custom emojis though <laughs> oh yeah oh, <laughs> the yeah. ones you created with with faces of uh people we know and and so on. We'll just leave it yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah. People we know in the industry and and actual players. baseball players. Yeah. I think the first one I made was Finnegan, right? I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it was the lane, the uh, the 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 express lane yeah. sign for Lane Thomas. <laughs> Everyone's shutting off this podcast now, but uh... <laughs> and Thomas so, has been great. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to that. I think it was back in it was probably May last year. Um, when I was up there in the main event, probably top 10, um, Rob, you were, I think top 10 in the online championship. And then Steve was up there as well in the, in the draft champion. So, um, Rob, you said something, wouldn't be cool if Phil won the main, I won the, well, you won the, the online championship and Steve won the, won the draft champions. We could be triple crown. Um, and then I did my job. I won the main, I even did more. I won the auction championship. Steve finished second in the draft champions, yeah, as he always does. And then the Rob just faded and finished what is like top fifty, I think. In in draft champions? In or? the in the online championship. We're no, finished. no. No. Like two hundred, I think. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I so fall you, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, so you so you're the one who let us down the most, but yeah. Well, but we but like I won you. the first overall though, <laughs> technically. I know. <laughs> well, like I told you last year, last year it doesn't count out anymore after a year, but it's you can say mine doesn't count this year as well so i guess we if we go back in time yours counts in, and so does mine <laughs> i feel like that oh so you're saying there's an expiration on 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 when you can carry the tag i feel like that's like now that i won one though there's no expiration okay okay <laughs> it's no expiration. <laughs> like i feel like there's an expiration i think it's on kirby enthusiasm when he gets mad when when people like say like happy new year when it's like in march because it's the first time they've seen a person and he's like oh yeah yeah i remember that 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 passed like that window has passed to say happy new year to someone <laughs> even if it's the first time you've seen someone um but yeah that's the that's definitely i i let you guys down last year for sure you know i just faded hard in the online championship but um what are you gonna do and then at some point we invited uh toby into it um phil was obviously not happy with what we were giving off into the discord he was like he was like we really need to bring somebody in who's like 150th in the main <laughs> event and i like, pull him in because 
he's clearly got some sort of secret sauce, you know, that he's that he's going to. The way he breaks breaks things down, I think he'll bring an excellent element to like, you know, each of our um, you know, positives, whatever we bring, you know. And I think it was just like we we the three hours like how oh, we need one more just to make this chat more active. And then we looked at like we have to find someone first who's really good, second who's like a really nice guy and that we know wouldn't betray the chat and put stuff mm. out there. That's and the then, biggest um, thing. And then third, who's he wasn't in any of our leagues. Um, right, right. That's true. And then Toby is probably the first that came to mind to pretty much all of us. So um, he's been a great addition to DCF. <laughs> Yeah, that that's how you guys remember it. But I, I have um, I have some some evidence here uh, where where uh, I think I listened to you guys like some sort of pod or something like that. Um, no, no, no. In, in the in the in a in a in a DM, Phil was telling me about their conversation because I was talking about him, some other guys. And I said, man, I need to get in on these fab conversations. Oh, and then, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. And then, and then I was. I was vetted by people and, and uh, <laughs> I, I snuck through despite, despite my performance uh, last year in particular, and just generally my inability to get close to an overall title. Uh, you guys, you guys let me in somehow. Yeah. The, and the fab, the you, fab you made the cut. Yeah. I remember yeah, you when, the cut. You, when it started with you, you're honest, you're like, you sure you want me in? Um, I'm good friends with, with Brian Slack, we share a team and you're, you're fighting with them for the overall. He was, I don't know, top there or something. I'm like, no, I mean, I trust you. You discuss things with him and that's for your own team and it's fine. Like it doesn't matter. So um, you, you just disclosing that made, made, made you in the, uh, made you part of the, of the honesty circle. As ethical po as possible. All of you yeah. people this out there, I mean, I know we have an ethics professor uh, on the call uh, right now. I just want to say being ethical has its benefits because you too might end up in a fantastic fantasy baseball chat because you're an ethical person. <laughs> That's a right. terrible carrot to hold out for ethical behavior. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important thing because uh i think phil you've had some uh experiences with um some unethical situations and it's kind of really what broke us off from a previous chat that we had right uh you can say that i mean yeah. i don't want to get into it that much yeah you can say that i mean it, it's for me like even i i still discuss things with people i discuss with with zach who right. sends me messages i discuss with a bunch of other people but i always have that I mean, if, if something comes from Zach, I won't share it with you guys unless you guys bring it up first, just because it, I mean, I, someone DMs, DMs me or texts me something that's private, I won't mm -hmm. share it with anyone else. So um, that's kind of how the way we're all, I think all of us do it. So um, anything I share with you guys comes from me. And if I get information from other people, then it's, uh, I keep it to myself because I think that's what it was meant to be. Actually, I don't talk to anyone else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a little eye-opening. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but no, really, I just, in, in general, I don't talk to other people. <laughs> uh, I, spend I spend enough time trying to catch up to all the things that we're talking about in the chat, too. I feel like, uh, I, you know, like all right what else had i missed in this world during the day uh because there's some days where you guys just pack pack the 
you know, like by 7.30 that, you know, Steve has a snapshot of six spreadsheets. And I'm just like, what the, <laughs> where did this come from? And what does it all mean? You know, and it's, it's just wonderful. It's like, uh, you know, it's better than opening up your email to, you know, a link to a website with, with articles and stats, because just don't really even need it. For me, I got that feeling in, in draft season when you and Steve were drafting in, in November and just posting draft results. I'm like, I have no idea what this ADP is. I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm like, I'll just skim through it quickly, but I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> that was so key because one one channel was just all the draft boards, hashtag draft boards. And it was just so good to like go to that as reference for the draft champions. It's like you know, you're around 24 and he's like, even though it's also disappointing when you just like, yeah, I like that pick. And you look over and you see Steve took him like in the 30th round. You're like, fuck, why did I take him in the 24th? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was definitely a good reference because, uh, you know, just um, that kind of keeps you in check a little bit. And just make sure you're not doing anything a little out of hand or, you know, a little foolishly. And uh, it's good. I think that's it's. It's definitely something I think um, it's good to have, like just a little circle of friends. You could bounce stuff around, um, trust each other with the info that you're getting and know it's not coming from, you know, just off the hip, you know, like he's injury prone and that's it. Cause you know, that's out there. Um, but how, how has the chat helped you guys the most? Like in, in what way, what is it, what someone does? Is it, just the ability to, you know, have other information or other viewpoints, because I know, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and I think I'm, I think I'm like taking the role on of, of playing devil's advocate, you know, with everybody, even I'm not the type of person who it's so funny because in my life, I'm not the kind of person to like, just disagree with people. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've had friends who, even if they know they're losing the the argument they'll just keep trying to win it even though you know and it, they even know you know they know that they're losing it but they just keep going uh, but in the chat i i like to press this uh i'd like to press you guys about you know why you like a guy because i think it just helps me see things even if i don't like like oh okay you finally said something that opened up my eyes a little bit you know and uh it's always good for that because you can't catch everything, you know? I can I start. Think, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, um, yeah. I was just say pretty much like that same thing, like, you know, having people to bounce ideas off of, but more so like the different perspectives. I think that you all, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty simple and straightforward in terms of like how I evaluate players and, and figure out values and everything. Um, and I think you all take somewhat different approaches. So it's good to, to see kind of how a player looks from, a different approach isn't just like projections um, sometimes, right? So I think the, a more complete, hopefully, you know, sense of of ways to value the player and, and the values of individual players that they have. For me, I'll, I'll say I'll say one nice thing about each of you. So um, first, uh, somebody probably... somebody came prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is probably the one who thinks the most like me. So when I'm setting rankings that he's got like a bunch of he's got rankings from all the other websites projectionals that stuff so if i have rankings decisions usually steve is 
um, my go-to guide, just having comparison to, to my formulas and see um, how to look at things. Um, Toby's the king of, of breaking down players. So if we're thinking about a guy in fab a hit or a random hitter, Toby's going to bring out the stats. I have no idea what they mean. He's going to tell me, no, no, I don't trust this guy. Or yes, go pick up this guy. Um, and Rob is the one who knows players most in depth. And he's going to bring out, he's going to name a random player I've never heard of. I'm going to say, pick up this guy. And then like three weeks later, that guy's going to hit a couple of home runs or he's going to have three saves in a week or something like that. <laughs> so um, that that's probably how I describe each of you and what you bring the most to this chat for, for me. <laughs> that's cool. I like that. I like that little list. I, I definitely agree because I, because I see that I noticed that I know that I can see that you and Steve are on that same mathematical level that, like I said, I get overwhelmed with a lot. And even though like, I think I always tell you guys, but I'm like, oh, like how how did I come to the same conclusion about a person if I didn't do all the things you you did, you know? I think we can point out things that we like about players and they don't have to be um, the same things or the same equations, but, it, you know, I can't put like that exact number on things. I can't, you know, but I could, I could see it. I could see it by watching the game too. And um, I like that part of it. It's like, oh, that's, it, it's good that you got to that same thing that I got to uh, either good or bad about a player. Yeah. And I, I would agree. I think the different perspectives are, are really nice. And I think like just different ways about thinking about the game and thinking about systems, you know, like, you know, thinking about projections in a way like, you know, for me, like I'm, 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 I'm a relative simpleton as well. I get like Tanner Bell's spreadsheet and I just populate my numbers to, to generate my values. But just like the way that you, that you guys are thinking about, you know, like projections and what you factor in and what you don't factor in and how you test what goes in there and how you test what not, how you like um, personalize projections in a lot of ways to try and understand the, like who you are as players, um, yeah. you know, and, and how that impacts like player value too. So it's not just like a basic, like me, where I'm like, Hey, this is this guy. Like, it's a very, like, uh, even though you guys are system folks, that process is like really important, I think. And it gives me new perspectives on how to analyze and how to think about like a, like how the same team drafted by different people may have different strengths based on like the way that a season progresses or strengths and weaknesses in different categories or strengths and weaknesses in fab, um, things of that, that nature. So I think that that's super helpful. And then, yeah, like there may be guys that I have that I'm not in on at all. And if you, if one of you guys are in on them, it's like, wait, like, what am I missing here? Let me check it out. And then like at a very basic level to sharing news, so much of <clears throat> player value is tied into news, yeah. you know, and it's so hard to keep a track on everything, but we're oftentimes interested in a lot of the same players. And so it's like, Hey, like it could just be like, Hey, this guy's like Nico Horner is, is out this week or whatever it is, you know, or it could be like, Hey, there's been a lineup change around this, this thing. So it just gives you like a lot of different, different points to get information and to digest it and try to think about how it impacts you as like an individual player. I think you're totally right about the player news thing because yeah. there's such a mood flow in the chat. <laughs> it's like, four people that are doing bad in one night it's nobody talks past a certain time and it's, <laughs> in the morning everyone's like trying to move past it ah <laughs> uh, that's funny but um yeah i and and toby like i always feel like when 
uh, you know, there's always something in, in your podcast that that I um reminded of that I'm like, man, like he put that in such a great way. Just the way you are able to describe things. Like at um in your pod and your last one with Bubba, you know, you were um you, you were explaining how um the X FIP regresses the fly ball to home to home run the fly ball and and you know it's just those little things where because you're just constantly looking at numbers and looking at numbers on fan graphs or a spreadsheet but when you hear it and you it's reminded of why that number is what it is and you know to a certain picture um it it's good i'm always like yep stop just looking at numbers because sometimes if you don't think about why the numbers tie into each other why they mean something it's it, it's useless, you know, no matter how pretty your spreadsheet is or colorful it is. It, if you can't understand why they link and what it means, then it's nothing. And I feel like in every pod, you point out something that I'm like, yep, got to remind myself of that. And I'll write it on my whiteboard. <laughs> I have a little whiteboard on my desk and I'll write it, you know, like, you know, think, think, think inside those numbers. Cause, cause you could just get so easy hinged to just looking at it and not really knowing what it means. Yeah. And, and I'm always, I'm always amazed at your guys for somebody who I, I like pay attention to numbers, but I can't really do anything that with them. And then I'm like, Phil and Steve are like, Hey, if you want to like figure out this number, like you can just do this formula in Excel and do this. And yep. I'm like, I'm limited to V lookup. That's about all I can, <laughs> I can bust out on the Excel. And I know like that puts me about 50th percentile, but I'm like, I don't know if I can spend this much time on learning that. And that's actually like super helpful too, is we only have so much time and there's only a certain level of like efficiency in getting better that you achieve by investing more and more and more time. But when you have like those different perspectives and those different skill sets at the table, then it like allows you to digest information in a very different way without having to go through the experience of like learning how to do all of that. Cause I think you guys are all really good communicators in terms of being able to share how you achieved or how you came about something or, why you came about something, why you looked at something. So yeah, it's, it's helpful. Definitely. Is, is there anything that you feel like would be maybe negative or, or is, is there anything about the chat that you're like, ah, oh, man, anything at all? Cause sometimes I know I get too influenced, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. It's, and I really trust trust you guys. Obviously, I I think you guys are you know the three best players I know for sure. And I I I put a lot of stock into anything that you guys say for sure. And but sometimes I know um, I I'll maybe not trust myself enough, you know. And um, I think that I've I've been working with that because you know there's times where I'm like fuck. I knew I didn't want to start that guy, you know, like, but those fucking guys said it would be a good start. You know, I know it's not your fault because, you know, Toby, like you always like to talk about the variants and things. And I'm like, don't get mad at them. You, you're the one who set the lineup, you know, and I have these conversations in my head, like, but I think that to me is something that I've been learning to do. It's like, you know, I know that I, I can make my own choices and I do, but sometimes when I'm influenced just enough, and I don't trust my own self. I'm like, God damn it. Just, just do that. <laughs> For me, not really any negatives. Don't, I'd probably just say it, fab on Sundays takes longer. Um, 
just sometimes <laughs> I'm just I'm like, okay, I got three hours to this fab. And then just my my watch and my phone email, like they were just saying, oh, this guy. Wait, what? Wait, I never yes. thought of this guy. <laughs> All right, I gotta increase this bit. And I was just like back and forth. So at some point I'm just like, okay, I'll just turn this off for two hours, do my fab, and then get back on this chat at like nine o'clock and then look at the message share messages, share information, all that stuff. But um if I get a head start on, on fab, then it, it's, it's positive, but um, that's probably the only thing for me. And that's tough because you're right, because it's, it's, it gets all like, I'm so overwhelmed because I'm trying to just do my own thing. And I see the messages and I'm like, you know, don't look, don't look, don't look, just zone in, do your teams because before you know, it, it'll be nine 52 and you, you haven't even done all your teams just like and that's in the back of my mind it's like ticking toward 10 o'clock and I'm over, and then I look over and I'm like oh man I gotta redo my whole bit list like because I you know because I look at something I'm like oh how did I miss this guy or yeah um maybe I missed something that happened that day because obviously that uh, like you said the player news thing because I'm usually always at the beach on Sundays and and you guys are just my wife is like I why don't you just lay down and relax? I'm like, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm really trying hard, but, uh, you know, like I'm at the beach and I was like, just constantly checking the chat because I know I don't even have to check the, the, the MLB app, you know, you guys are just laying out, you know, constant news and, and stuff like that. That's the beauty of being on the West coast is that the chat's like done talking by the time I start my fab on Saturday. So I've got the whole thing in front of me there. Yeah. I know that sometimes, you know, like I tend to be like a little bit of a night owl. So I know that it, that, that there's times where I know like it's Saturday, it's 2 AM and I'm just like, I'll just like, I think Toby's up, you know, and I, I'll just throw something <laughs> out there and I'll, I'll get a response. I'm like, yes, someone's up that I want to talk to about fantasy baseball. It's uh, it's fun because I know Phil, you know, is definitely in bed by usually like nine thirty, unless you know something happens in yeah. your brain where you just uh, you know, where you're up. I think that's why I asked you. Like, uh, is everything okay? It's twelve thirty, and you're talking and you're talking about why your closer didn't get a look in the ninth <laughs> inning. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sometimes I'm up late on weekdays working, uh, but on weekends if I'm up that late, there's something wrong. So my my kids on. Saturday and Sunday morning are up at 6.15 or so. So if I'm not in bed by like 10.30 and I got a whole day with them, um, it's uh, it becomes a long, long day. Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the fantasy success this year. Um, I know you guys have pulled some numbers on, uh, you know, drafted stats versus your fab stats. And I wanted to, you know, get your opinion on how that, you know, factors into, you know, how you drafted the the pickup that you've made. If you think that you've kind of had the teams that you expected to have in your brain, you know, was there an uh, expected be low on power everywhere, but I am, um, for example, that's me. Um, and just, you know, how, how fab roster construction, play evaluation, and, uh, you know, I love the, like I said, uh, hear Toby, you know, talk about the the variance in leagues because you you always quick to point that out how you know how things can change so easily. Um, and so, yeah, whoever wants to start with that and whoever we want to bring it to. 
Uh, do you want me to say a name? Do you want me to say a name? <laughs> We're disciplined. We're just waiting for a name. <laughs> All right, I can, I can, I can start. Um, so I think this whole thing started when, who was it? Was it Jeff or Zach? Or it was Jeff, right? Jeff Zimmerman, um, yeah. Yeah, who posted the, the poll about um, like percentage that we put on flare evaluation, roster construction, fab, and, and luck as in like what part we think is most important in uh, in a league. Um, one thing I've, I've realized this year, um, player evaluation in season is probably as if not more important than, than when the season starts or sort of during draft season. Um, last year, I didn't notice it because like I dropped well and everything went right. So in season, it wasn't, it was, easy i was just starting all my all my my logan webs my um kevin gosman steven matz all the guys i grabbed late that were doing well at just starting them every week not worrying about it um but this year hasn't been the case so um i often had three shitty starters to choose for uh, from for for my for my sixth or seventh starters so um that's the part I've struggled with the most. I have to improve my, my player evaluation in season. I think it's, it's a huge deal, bigger than I thought um, when the year started. Probably, it's probably what I'll spend most of my offseason working on. Um, as far as roster construction, strategy, game theory, um, I think that's a small part of it, honestly. Um, Everyone knows they have to be somewhat balanced. You can use any draft software and put your picks and be draft a balanced team. Um, I mean, there, there's some there's some things to us, whether or not you, you wait around extra round or to draft a guy you like or how's, how, how much you jump ADP. Um, for some people, it might be a big deal, but it feels for me, it, it kind of comes naturally I guess I think it's something I'm pretty good at so it doesn't seem to be that big a deal for me I just do what I usually do and it, it works well so I never really worry about it that much um fab I calculated the stats today um in my for hitters uh 32 percent of my toilet bats came from fab players this year um and i can i won't name by each category but in terms of like runs rbi stolen base it's about 30 percent of my total stats um and then for pitchers it's about 21 percent. so i found more hitters nice than i found pitchers um and i think steve had similar numbers so it seems to be i think we're i mean i'm really active with hitters and fab and i'm quick to drop guys that i, I don't i don't like or that aren't playing anymore so um that percent my percentage probably higher than, than a lot of people um, but I think it does show that when 32% of your stats come from guys you pick up in fab, um, I think it's a bigger, um, uh, bigger portion of, 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 of the, of the pie, I guess, in, in terms of, of time we should spend on and, um, how much it, it relates to our success. Um, I think if you draft a good team, you can get away with it. But if, if you make mistakes in the draft, that's where good players going to separate. Um, just looking at my results, I have, I had five DC teams. They're in nine, or sorry, I have two firsts, and then the other three are 12th, 10th, and 9th. 
Um, I had a bunch of bad picks, a bunch of injuries on those teams. Uh, but all, all my fab leagues are top four and four of them are top two. So, um, and I drafted, I mean, similarly, even my, like the, one of my DC, $2,500 DC, I drafted March 15th. So it's two weeks before drafting main. So my product valuations didn't change much. Um, but I made some mistakes in, in my fab drafts. I made some mistakes in that DC, but in, in fab leagues, I was able, able to correct those mistakes. Um, and then one more thing on that topic, um, as an example to that, in my main event three, I'm currently 67th overall, second in the league. And I started the draft with Luis Robert, who is the second worst player with first round ADP. The worst was uh, Walker Bueller. Ozzy Albies in the second round, who is the worst player with second round ADP. Mm-hmm. And then third round, Freddie Peralta, who is the worst player with third round ADP. So um, two of the worst by round and one was the second worst. And despite that, I'm second in the league. So um, it's not to pat myself on the back, but it's just to, to say that you can't complain about injuries. You can't complain about, play, about bad players. Um, and fantasy baseball, it's what makes the game great. You can correct mistakes in season. You can make it up with, with good picks later in the draft. Um, yes, I mean, there's no way that team could contend, could contend for an overall. To win an overall, you have – you can't make three mistakes like that, um, mistakes or bad luck, um, whatever it was, um, early in the draft. But you can win a league or at least cash in the league um, by making mistakes like that. All right, I'm done talking. Do you think do, do you think knowing that would make you be like a little more aggressive about taking a risk earlier in the draft because you know you can still make up for it? Um, I mean, it can go both ways. I mean, I could say if I can just get decent value for my first three picks, I can mm-hmm. win the league easily later. Um, I think what I'll probably I already I, I already diversify a lot. Uh, but those first few rounds I've always been, I've always struggled in those first few rounds for some reason. Um, I think I might just, it might be because they're players that are harder to evaluate because everyone has similar analysis. So ADP is probably pretty accurate for those guys. Um, maybe with a couple of exceptions, but I mean, I can probably come up with say in the first three rounds, 10 players I want to fade. And then the other 35, I just grab after ADP and then mm-hmm. just mix, um, just make sure I have a good mix of starters and hitters and uh, just mix it up between my teams and figure that there's a couple of teams where I'll, I'll hit on, on players that I wouldn't draft it otherwise. Uh, but when I have a bunch of chairs, I'll be using Peralta um, and Peralta getting, oh, actually both of them getting hurt, but they both struggled before and after the injuries. Um, it's, it's not just bad luck. It, 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 there were bad picks. So, um, I don't know. I think I'll probably first file a little bit more, but um, I, I make I can. I mean, it's it's nice to have the data, but there's so many different ways to um, adjust from it. Without, um, I know you haven't fully dove in for next year, but do you think you'd have any interest in any of those three players next year? Probably, because I love the skills coming to the year, and um, I mean, I think Albies would have turned around at some point. Um, so I guess it depends how far they fall, but, um, I mean, 
Robert, I think I, I'm done with it. I, uh, it's just so done with it, man. <laughs> it's just been so annoying. It's such uh, an yeah. It's it, it's a bad experience. Yeah, I know. I know he's still going to go in the second round, probably just because yep. of the the power speed combo. And he's one of the guys I'm probably not willing to take the risk. Um, Got no steals in June twenty seven, uh, June twenty, June twelfth, I think. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. Peralta's got the injury now. At the he went back on the aisle, right? Did yes. He? Yeah, so I mean, it'll depend on that. Um, Abby's a guy I can see myself getting again next year. Um, again, depending on ADP, but the profile is nice. I think there was some bad luck in there this year. So, um, yeah, profile's nice and just getting a head start now. Early 2023 draft, second base doesn't look great. It yeah. looks really weak um, upon first look. Um, no excuse to say Jazz in the third round, but um, it's very shallow. <laughs> all right steve yeah you go next all right um it's kind of funny that phil said what that uh player evaluation is more important than roster construction because anybody can just get draft software and then use that to do the, the roster construction because i was going to say anybody can just get projections and then you don't need to do too much player evaluation on top of that you're not going to improve your your expectations for those players by that much um and then you know, once you've got a decent set of expectations on the players, it's about, you know, using that versus the market to maximize your value and stuff like that. So I was going to put, say, a greater emphasis um, or more importance is on that that game theory and Russian construction aspect. Um, That's a good one. Actually, I probably I can probably take back half of what I said. <laughs> <laughs> just like I was saying about people getting influenced, right? And it's just totally, it could change yeah. so fast in this chat. <clears throat> Maybe the take home is like anybody can get projections for the player evaluation. Anybody can get software for the roster construction and it's all just luck. Like that's, that's it. (laughs) That's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I get from, from the, from the roster construction part, I guess for me, it's just natural from, um, I guess playing fantasy football for soul. I I know baseball has to balance categories, but in terms of, um, say, um, I guess in that, terms of player valuation, I was kind of, you can put it in both categories, but um, how do you value hitters compared to starters? How do you value closers compared to other starters and hitters um, based on their ADP? For me, that's kind of natural how in, in football you, uh, you bump down the quarterbacks, even though they score more points, just because there's so many of them and replacement value is lower. Um, so whether you put that in, in terms of strategy about whether your draft closes early or late, or whether you put that in, in player valuation. Um, I, I do agree that that part is a big part of it that, that I guess you can put in either category. Uh, but I do know what you mean about just, I mean, average couple sets of projections and player valuations are done and you'll be better than, than most of the field, I think. Um, Steve, what was your um, fab and drafted stats percentage? Um, pretty similar. So I just looked at uh, main event teams. I had two of them, and it's about twenty five percent of at bats. And then the cat, the runs, RBIs, homers are, are right around there, around twenty five percent. But thirty five percent of steals. So that's like you know, kind of what Phil was saying. Like you addressed your weaknesses. Like I knew in my first main, I think in round three, I knew steals could be an issue. Like you know, in the draft, um, because of how I started. So just uh, attacking that in Fab kind of all along, and just emphasizing it. I was able to get, I think, 38% on that team, 38% of my steals to come from Fab. Was so, that the Mondesi team? No, that was uh, Vlad, Vlad Woodruff. 
I guess story, but you know, I didn't wasn't counting on a lot of steals from story. Um, right. So, but I've been able to pick up uh, Mateo and Harris and Fab to to kind of address that and a few others like along the way that weren't as successful. Bubba Thompson for like a week. Um, before. That's the league you punted short stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then pitching sides, kind of the same story, like 25%, sorry, 29% of innings, um, 25 to 29% of wins and Ks, but over 35% of saves. So again, like knowing it's a weakness. Wow. So making sure to, to focus on that. Cause I think I came out of both drafts with one, you know, reliable closer and then some specs that didn't, that didn't pan out. Yeah. Interesting. Um, one thing that jumps out to me is, um, in my case, from my five players, I had a 261 average and 260 mm-hmm. average for my drafted players. And then Steve was 261 from five and 265 from drafted players. So um, we managed to get some really good average from, from our fab guys. So whether that's because we're undervaluing power in fab, I think that, that's probably part of the mistake for me, uh, at least early in the year until I adjusted formula. But I also think. When you're in five, you're looking at bad players with good matchups. Um, a lot of them don't have the power, but they they get hits again against bad pitchers. So uh, it might be something that to keep in mind when drafting next year that um, batting average isn't that hard to pick up in, in fab. Um, at least it's easy, easier than I thought it, it would be. I'm just, I didn't do the dive at you guys. I didn't do my homework. Um, but <laughs> me neither, Rob, if it makes you feel like Yeah, that. I know. I'm just looking at my team stats now and I'm like, wow, you know, Jake, Jake McCarthy has been 304 average, you know, off bad. But then I'm like, wait a minute, at 40 at bats of Miguel no at a 100 average <laughs> and 123 at bats of Paven Smith at a 183 average. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh my God. These, this is why I'm not going to win this league. I mean, it could, I could see it instantly. I don't even have to run the numbers of fab added. Uh, just like, w- w- why do I have those guys in the lineup for so long? <laughs> oh my God. Just, uh, it's a good peek though. It, it's a good peek into uh, some mistakes and some hits, you know? Oh, be good, man. Flores, yeah, you- I didn't run any numbers either. Um <laughs> So I would say it's like 50, 20, 30 or something like that. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting. Wait, though, is, is that the, your, is that your aggregate split for the, for the projection system, right? 50% bat, 30%. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a really good example of like, yeah. you know, uh, Jeff Zimmerman did that article breaking down like which projection systems were most successful year to year and kind of like this group kind of analyzed those. And, and actually integrated yep. into kind of how the, how the projections work, which is like an example of, I think how, how, uh, the chat so effective, but just thinking about like what that interaction between Phil and Steve is, I think like we, like all of us, uh, mostly like use projections pretty heavily. And I think when you use projections and like, when we're in the middle of drafts, like we're tracking how players are, how our team is being constructed and how balanced it is and things like that. And I think, you know, it's easy to forget that that is roster construction, you know, like that is, yep. that is like, I think one of the things that makes us, you know, and by us, I mean, the three of you and then me a little bit, like, <laughs> you know, pretty successful and, and at least consistent is that like, when you use that, when, when roster construction is something that's like built in inherently into the way that you create your teams, then, um, 
then it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's like you're really, uh, you're thinking about roster construction is built into your process. So it's not something that you have to think about kind of abstractly or independent of kind of the roster that you're, that you're creating. So I think that that's, um, just one thing that I find really interesting. I think that, uh, like this year, the story for me, my, my pitching has been really successful. My starting pitching has been really successful and I prioritize pitching a lot. My hitters have been awful. Like every single player I've drafted, I feel like has just been really, really bad. And I've managed to keep pretty good teams. And I think one of the challenges is I went into the draft season and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm going to get two closers. I'm not going to do this thing where I spend my whole season chasing closers. And then draft season came and I couldn't pull the trigger on that second closer. And then I spent the whole season doing the exact same thing. I promised myself that I wouldn't do, Um, you know? And so, and and then I think with like the hitting, I do think that there's been like a little bit of a change in the dynamic. And I don't know if it's because of the DH or not, but it seems like there's less full-time players, you know, like it seems like there's a lot more of looking into like the splits of pitchers and, and hitters. And I don't have the breakdown, but I'd assume that fab is like a pretty significant portion of, of my hitters and not as much. So, uh, so on the pitchers, although that's maybe not true because I have a couple guys I've gotten off the wire that have been really successful. So, but I think that, that one of the things that I learned, I think from, from Phil and other folks last year was just like, this kind of, I've always done a lot of fab around hitters, but I haven't been as focused on it, you know, and just like that churning of, of hitters and playing for at, for at bats like this week, going after all the nine guys, even if it's Jose Barrero, we were joking before the pod, you know, going after yeah. those, those guys that have eight games and just kind of trying to grind that out. And I think one thing that stands out for me is the difference between my DCs and my fab drafts my, my power is so low across every single one of my DCs, like, like 160 home runs, 170 home runs, like, and in a lot of categories, I think in, in speed as well, it's pretty similar. And for me, it's not a perfect comparison, right? Cause like you have your guys that sometimes can hit after round 30 or whatever that kind of are similar to fab guys, but that's been one huge difference for me is being able to see the difference between those teams and how, how well they're doing in, in hitting and where they are numerically versus the other team. So I tend to believe, and I just say tend to believe because I don't have any supportive evidence at all, but if Phil or Steve, you guys want to run the numbers for, for my guys, you're welcome to, um, that yeah. fab is a pretty significant portion of it. Um, and that batting average stat is really interesting too, because like um, Phil was mentioning, like, you know, or, or Rob, you were mentioning like, if you, if you use those matchups, if you're, if you're, if you have hitters going against really crappy pitchers, it makes those hitters a lot better than they usually would be. Um, and so I never really think of it as helping my batting average, but it'd be interesting to kind of take a, take a deeper look at that and see if that's something that, um, was consistent across all of our teams. Um, and not just Phil and Phil and Steve's. That's a good point on, 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 you know, I feel like there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I wonder whatever, whatever. And then like 30 minutes later, you know, Phil or Steve pops something up. It's like, this is kind of like a rough estimate. I'm like, what do you mean a rough estimate? (laughs) Nothing you guys do is rough (laughs) estimate. It's all like, and I'm like, oh, good. It's it's just, just throw an idea out there, Toby. And, you know, Steve and uh, Phil take care of it. It, The beauty of, uh, 
having you know the the stat runners in in the chat <laughs> i just like kind of being lumped in with phil as if i'm we're on the same level in terms of like excel ability or statistics um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but all the you're, all, you're just you're just some guy, Steve. Oh yeah, you're just some guy who who punted shortstops and drafted Mateo on the late round. Uh so what one thing I'll mention too, I think that that was really important this year is you know, um, like for me when I was looking at when I was creating my own projections, the one thing that I do change is like with the SGP is moving shifting the SGP a little bit around like the um whatever it is, the, uh, how many, how many, uh, above replacement level, like for stolen bases, it's whatever four stolen bases equals one SGP, you know, playing around with that to emphasize speed, for instance, because I'm starting having pit heavy on pitching. And so I'm worried about being light on speed. But I think one thing that happened this year is because of the change in the ball, like none of us predicted that home runs were going to be more valuable. And I'm assuming this is the case. So you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but home runs were going to be a lot more valuable, right. Than they, than they were heading into the season. And so for those of us who kind of shifted around our SGP formulas to compensate for what, where we wanted to place value on players, I think that might've impacted us a little bit. And that might be why the DCs are hurting so much too, is because, you know, you, you know, when you, when you play around with those formulas and then something in the environment changes, that changes the underlying value of a certain type of statistic, then it's kind of hard to compensate for that without the ability to go to fab and adjust for that and see that as a weakness and, and, and make changes. So that would, that's another thing I think that, you know, we, we need to consider too, is, is kind of how the run environments change so dramatically uh, mm -hmm. this year. Right. Because if we're expecting more stolen bases next year, did you guys expect that with the, so like how, so how do you, does that raise everybody up, you know, or is it just like a, you know, who gets the bump as everybody or just the cream of the crop guys are going to steal even more? Um, I don't know. Just stuff I've been thinking about. I tried to run some, some rough numbers from AAA, but it's kind of hard because there's um, yeah, some rough numbers, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's tough because the, 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 the rules change like sometimes they added in in middle of the season they added so you know if it, if it's the pitch clock you know if it's the larger bases um i have to go back and see if there's a and they didn't have a season 2020 so there's no real baseline uh and some minors i think they added the rules in 2021 and then some were this year so um like the you can't look at from 2019 to 2021 oh this guy stole more bases but because you have two years in between um so it's kind of hard to know what caused i i know my 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 rough estimates is stolen base up somewhere between five to ten percent in in minor leagues because of both the, the pitch clock and and the larger bases um and i assume it's kind of um it'll be a percentage jump so the guy who's we expect to steal 30, you might steal 32, 33. And the guy we expect to steal 10 might steal 11. Um, rather than compared to home runs, where it seems everyone this year was bumped down by like two to three home runs, um, as opposed to a percentage uh, kind of thing. Like the five home run guy became a two home run guy. Um, and the 30 home run guy became a 27 home run guy, as opposed to 
a percentage, like I said, for, for the stolen bases. So uh, it's going to be something to look at. But um, in the end, it's, I mean, it, I, I think podcasts and analysts are going to spend way too much time on this, um, at least more, more time than the impact will actually have um, or like what we can take from it. I don't think it's a few stolen bases, an extra 10% that's going to change our whole strategy um, or the way we draft it. It'll just come down to drafting the better players, um, as, <laughs> as it always does. Bill Briggs <laughs> fantasy baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, I know you're, you like your, your, your CADU and your CAFU acronyms, but we, we tried to come up with another one for, just draft good players and don't worry about fab. And it was too, <laughs> it was it was too long of a word. <laughs> it didn't sound as good as can do. Uh, I want to go back to what Toby said about closers in in Cafu. Um, I've kind of I've I've drafted two closers already, like like Toby said he should do, and I sometimes I draft only one. Um, but it's always I always struggle with that because like. Like Toby said, if you draft two early closers, you don't have to worry about it. Um, you save the roster spots. It's quicker to do fab because there's literally one position that you don't have to worry about. But there is an edge to be had. Like I know if I spend two hours every Sunday looking at reliever trends and who's coming in the eighth and who's gonna who's a good reliever um, that's useful as a middle reliever and could be could get um, ancillary saves, just to plug in that word, um, or could become the full-time closer if, if the ninth inning guy is closed, uh, is, is injured, sorry. Um, there is an edge to be had there, and I know it's a skill I have. If I put in the time, I can come up with good players to pick up. But is the edge from that really worth the extra time I spend on Sundays on closers? It's always a, a debate I have myself. Like, there's an edge, but... Is it really worth the time? My time better spent on on other positions. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about, it, or if you just have like an unlimited amount of time and you look at closers, anyways, um, whether you draft them early or not. I think it. I think it's fun. I enjoy doing a little dive on 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 the relief pitchers, and I I think it's fun too. The way we you know we we're, we're also like bouncing ideas about. Um, you know, whether a middle reliever is useful on certain weeks. And I think like those are the things, like you said, you, you see that when you're really doing deep dives. Um, but I don't know, like I, I, I'm with Toby. I couldn't pull that trigger and it, and on the second guy and I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be, in on it and you know the second the first man i did was lou sweet lou in a uh, lou trevino <laughs> at 189 and you know that that's just that didn't work um and had a good my, run for like a week you know, in, <laughs> yeah between week 20 and there's, 21 there's several one weeks he had where i think i was always like sweet lou's back <laughs> you know I, I always have to hear like all right rob like Stop it with the sweet, sweet Lou talk. It's it's over with. And then uh, the one week he got like another look, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, and yeah, and 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 in my second main, I I didn't go back to it. I picked Hendrickson round two, and then I 
let's see, uh, Whitlock round 21. That even count because I didn't even know he was going to be a closer, but it was just late. It was Kyle Finnegan in round 26. And that's it. And yeah, I've been chasing. I mean, I made I made up good ground in that league. I actually went from 11th in saves um, to third in saves um, in about eight weeks. But I ganged up. It's it was good having Burns and Cease um, to kind of anchor me able to go to four or five, you know, relievers uh, for like a five week stretch. But it got me a decent run of stretch of saves um got me a nice handful of points i'm one behind the second place guy now too and he's the guy in first place in my league so if i could swing that that'd be great and i didn't lose i think i only lost a point in k's and uh i think having those two guys like cease and Burren just really afford you to do that so um yeah i could have had another closer um to make that easier on myself but um yeah, I'm. You know, that's probably why I drafted Diaz and Hater, and you know, draft champions already in 2023. Because I feel like every team that I ha- I have those two guys early, it's just so much safer. But of course, it didn't happen in the mains because everything got pushed up, and you know, was, there's so many guys that you like in those rounds. You know, the the Benintendi's, the Jordan Montgomery's, that the Ahmed Azarios that you know we were all loving, and it's just uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to take a close over this guy. Do I want Gregory Soto over, you know, Ahmed or Cabrian Hayes? You know, it's like, oh, I get speed and decent average from third base. You know, I can't take Scott Barlow here, but I don't know. That, that would have been the better play, I guess. I don't know. You, you got to force it, Rob. You just got to force it, get those two closers early on. Then you don't even have to think about those decisions. You're just yeah. like hitter, 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 hitter. Uh, I love a good relief pitcher deep dive as well, but I also enjoy being outside of the 10 to 12 spot in saves in my, in my league. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where I seem to be in, in, in the vast majority of them for the past couple of years. So, uh, I think it's my second favorite spot to have no worries about. I think the first one is catcher. I think in every single DC or fab league where I have Sal P and JTR or JTR and Contreras, it's, I feel like I'm always competitive in those leagues and it's just headache free. It's it's really phenomenal to not have to worry about streaming a catcher. Some people feel comfortable doing that. Um, I go to sleep at night very comfortably <laughs> when I have JTR, <laughs> Contreras, and Sal P, like some form of those two, and, and Varsho. You know, I have Varsho on a couple teams. So when it's a combination of those guys, it's, uh, it's just fascinating. It's just really... I don't know. I really admire. I that's that was one of the reasons why I always uh, really dug your stuff early too, Toby. When I got into listening to the podcast because you were a big catcher guy, and I was like, I like this guy. He knows what he's talking about. You <laughs> know, catchers, baby. Yeah, I gotta beautiful. have those catchers, but they get injured a lot. Oh man. Well, you know, if you look at the research, <laughs> more likely to hit their play, their play, their uh, play well, the projection than who any did the other. Research? other uh position because <laughs> uh, I, I mean i guess it comes down to your strengths because I, I like i think that was a good point that phil made about like like is do you have an edge by you know working fab for relievers um and like you hear like you know the, the idea like draft too early so you can save your fab dollars your time your energy whatever it is um instead of you know you don't just to spend those trying to find relievers but like save it for what like, what are you saving that money for? Like, I don't need 
another hundred dollars to like bid on a, a prospect. I'm not going to do that anyway. Um, and where am I, where am I get the highest return out of that dollars? Those five dollars in that time. Um, in the last couple of years, it's probably been closers. Like last year, you know, moved up a lot in the second half, and this year, um, got one or two on each team. And I don't know if that's enough to like. I mean, it's a small sample, right? So I don't know if I can extrapolate and say it's definitely a skill, but a lot of it is just time. Um, so if you have the time and that's something you can spend it on, then there's a pretty good return or a decent decent chance of return on it. So I'd much rather do that and, and have two catchers than stream catchers. Um, I just happen to have my stats open, but like here's the catchers that, I, that I've streamed when Danny Jameson was hurt. Their batting averages on my team, 214, 200, 182, 231, 167. Right. Those are the catchers I got from Fab. Yeah. Imagine if you just held on to Danny Jansen the whole season and you got what, like 199 or something? <laughs> he's he's put up a 247 for me. Oh, uh, so, that's good. Yeah. Like in your lineup. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's some good roster manipulation yeah. right there. I think I, what what the, the the thing about close is like the one position that you can't you can't wing it. Like with um with headers, so on the stream headers, you can pull up rise ball, look, look at the best matchups of the coming week, and you can you can do it in 20 minutes. You can bid a couple bucks on, on guys playing more games. Um, starters, you can look at, at two-star pitchers, and guys are playing Pittsburgh, Detroit. Uh, but closers, I mean, the guys that got a save in the previous week, are the guys going to go for over 100 bucks in early in the year and are going for 30, 40, 50 um, in, in the last month or so. Uh, now they're now they're cheap now, but um, I mean there's three weeks left. Um, I mean to, to really get value from closers, you have to be a week ahead. You have to find the the eighth inning guy or the guy that um, pitched a ninth, didn't get the save, and then someone else got in the tenth inning. Um, the guy that pitched a ninth sometimes going to go for two bucks, and the guy that got the save in the tenth is going to go for thirty or forty bucks. Um, but the guy's probably most likely to get the save. In the future, is the guy that pitched ninth. So um, things like that, you have, you, I mean, you have to go through box scores. You have to either pay attention during the week or do it on Sundays. Um, I think it's one position where you can't. I mean, you, you can't wing it. You have to. You have to do a deep dive. And there's probably a happy medium of getting like one early and then one in the middle rounds, but that's called kafu. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But I just I've, I I listened to a lot of podcasts recently that that have like just talked openly about how reaching up for closers didn't work, and I just don't see that. I mean, uh, I I I look at the early ADP and I look at the closers save totals, and it seems to be that if you went up, it did pretty well for you. I don't know what, if you guys feel the same way, um, but I feel. Well want my stats yeah yeah let's go all right all right is this rough go. stats or they... <laughs> no these are pretty they are pretty good they're pretty good no? okay <laughs> all right all right so there's uh 22 closers with 15 or more saves mm-hmm. um nine of them went in the first 100 picks six of them in an in the next 100 um so that leaves seven guys um that were drafted outside the two the top 200 um that have 15 or more saves First one is Ryan Helsley. Um, great ratios, um, good strikeouts, 16 saves. So he's been actually been the fourth most valuable reliever. 17 saves now. Yeah, right. Ooh. Oh, did you just get a save? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, look yes. at that. 
Um, so yeah, 17 saves. So he's been great. He's been a great pickup. Um, Steve was on it. He's on his one or both mains. Both of them. Both. Yeah. yeah. So great pickup, but like he doesn't have 30 saves like the, the top guys. So, um, he counts, but he's not a full, um, he's not the guy that's putting you in first, first in, in the saves category. Um, Daniel Bard, who's drafted, uh, I mean, of NADP was 419. Um, Clay Holmes, who's drafted in like a couple of main events, but he was essentially a fat pickup. Um, Jorge Lopez. Um, then you've got David Robertson, who's drafted around 350, has 20 saves. And then uh, last one is Tanner Scott, who was 19 saves, but his ratio has been bad, 1.54 whip. Um, so basically, there's been, if, if we count Robertson as, as a late traffic, there's been four guys, um, Helsley, Bard, Holmes, and Lopez, who were draft, either drafted really late or um, were fab pickups. Um, and then I think, yeah, I forgot, sorry, I forgot to mention Paul Sewell, who picked 263 in Maine's. Um, who's been good. Um, so yeah, there's these four guys that have made a difference in saves. Um, I were drafted late or in fab. And I just want to pull this up. Um, I'll pull up ADP past pick 400 in the main events. Um, and I'll list you some relievers. So you can say, yeah, there's four guys that pick those guys up. Um, but Ian Kennedy, Hector Neris, uh, Greg Holland, Jorge Alcala. Um, Michael Givens, Daniel Hudson, Daniel Barr, there he is. Um, here's Johnson, Emilio Pagana, um, Josh Stallman, Jorge Lopez is there, Brad Hand, um, Tyler Duffy, Dylan Tate, and so on. So you can see, yes, there's four guys that worked out, but I mean, the hit rate is probably 10%, um, if not less than that. So if, if your idea is to wait and save, so you can, you can get them in fab. Um, yes, you can pick up those guys or you can draft five guys um, with past 480 ADP, miss on all of them, perhaps some of the guys I just named, and you end up with zero saves. Um, kind of like Toby did last year in, in his main event and you were at what, zero saves <laughs> for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, and, and just, just, to defend, just to defend my honor, um, so like, I think one of the challenges too, is you can identify those guys, but when you pick them up, how long do you keep them until they, until you churn them for some other guy, right? Like, I think that's always been like my challenge. So like on April 16th, I wrote any interest in Helsey on St. Louis, two plus yeah. mile per hour <laughs> yeah. bump, absolutely <laughs> filthy so far. Makes me wonder if he allows Gallegos to be the highest leverage and he may mop up. So the analysis of the player was spot on, <laughs> but the, the analysis of the situation was totally wrong. So I think that's one of the challenges <laughs> for me is like, it's just not a matter of identifying these guys, right? Because we can see who's like a really good pitcher. It's a matter of like, having the patience to keep them on your team, you know, not drop them and move on when it takes a few weeks for them to take over or, or longer or, or having just like a really good player on your team to keep your ratios in check. So anyways, that's me defending my honor. No, there's some I mean, really Elsley had one save by mid May. So, and then yeah. he started getting more involved, but then even then it was like, uh, we got five saves, um, by the end of June, he had one, two, three, four, five, six saves. So, I mean, how, and then it's always like, 
like you said, skills look great, but we've seen relievers look great and have increased velo over a month or a month and a half. And then they just disappear after that. They have a blow up. So um, samples always small with relievers. So you, like you said, you have to trust what you see, but um, you trust it enough to put the guy in your starting lineup and just keep him stashing him on your bench and waste, waste the spot for weeks. Um, it, it's tough. I just put Helsley in the search box and now Discord chat, and it's some fascinating stuff, just like Adobe. Uh, <laughs> I, it just, I actually spelled Helsley wrong. Uh, oh, oh, you got to put it in because it's 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 awesome. Like this, Steve was talking about a seventy percent K rate on April twenty fifth. This doesn't happen if the cards put in Helsley and it's seventy percent K rate. Make oh, the change, man. guards. See, then, that's that's the difference. Is Steve knew how to analyze the, that <laughs> skill and that it was coming, you know. And I was like, ah. I'll just wait until he becomes the closer and pay, pay a lot of money for him. I remember no, like, this. This is May first. This is May first. Steve goes. Giamani is the closer, but hasn't appeared in a game since getting those stupid four earned runs hung on him on Monday. Helsley pitched two wicked good innings on Sunday and nailed down the save. I'm guessing some folks will overreact to this and spend on him. He might grape save opportunities here or there, but we'd essentially be bidding on a glorified middle reliever. This could be fine so long as your team isn't already loaded with too many Michael King, Devin Williams types. In the NFBC, we want starting pitchers and closers. Who who said that? Oh, Steve. Really? Oh, wait, actually, sorry. There was that was a that was a quote from something. That that's, that's the, my bad. Uh, yeah, much I more just, complete sentences than are usually in the chat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I should have realized that. That, that. Steve is. Yeah, he's a professor. That was, that was a quote from somebody on. Uh, in an article okay but yeah but i you know it was actually tied into something i was going to say real quick when oh. we were talking about fab influence but like just making up a number like feeling comfortable and bidding on a guy you know uh in and in, in that thread you could see how i was talking about a number for helsley and um just by hearing some opinions i bumped it up because it felt a little more confident in in his skills and in his outlook and um, you know, I think my original number throughout there was 28 and then thinking about it and talking about you guys, I bumped it up to 63 and I want them 63 to 40. So if I would have stayed on that number, you know, I probably, you know, I would have lost him. So, and he's been, he, he's been big for me. He's been helpful in getting my, uh, team back out of the, uh, Kyle Finnegan will be my closer to uh, speculation. So Rob, I, I I was looking for this search, so tell me if you read this one already. But but Steve on the seventeenth of April yep. says, by default, I'm all in on Ryan Helsley. He was my sixth conditional in one main, seventh in another. Got him in both. Wow. That you can frame that message oh, yeah. as the <laughs> that that was it, right? That it's was like, it. Super yep. good. I believe in him. I'm going to snag him and, and got it and nailed it. Steve. Yep. Man. yep. I mean, nailed it. You heard the part about the sixth conditional and seventh <laughs> conditional. But, but that's, but that's the, I mean, that's part of the luck piece, right? Like yeah. part of it is yeah. identifying that. And part of it is, you know, go back and check that conditional bid list and who was, mm-hmm. who was fit fifth and who was, you know, whatever, but that happens on every team, you know, where, you know, you either miss out on a guy, you know, that ends up being awful and it saves your team or you get, you get a guy and it, it doesn't have anything to do with 
like you, you could have put the same exact same bid in, you know, it could have been the same conditions and it's just somebody else liked them more. Somebody didn't like them as much as you did. So I've got yeah. another good quote here from Steve. Um, oh, April God. 24th. <laughs> I don't really want to drop Helsley, but I'll put yeah. in the, a token bid for Barnes. Was that Matty Barnes? Yeah, probably. As oh, his path man. to saves is easier. Don't yeah, think I'll drop for Bush, but I guess that could change today. And I assume that was with Matt Bush. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. God, I remember when we were like trying to figure it out if it was Matt Bush or Joe Barlow or, you know. Yeah, I knew I considered dropping him like a couple of times. It was like, yes. you know, that, that middle reliever where you think eventually he might get it, but like how long could you wait? Yep. Um, April 30th. The, the other position I'll have to look into is whether I need to go for Anthony Bender. And if so, do I drop Helsley? <laughs> great reading back on this this is awesome oh this is man fun. isn't it beautiful <laughs> this is beautiful twitter you can do it on twitter bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> well you're the guy who had the conviction to get him in the first place you know yeah. like that put him high enough up there to the get sixth, him sixth conditional yeah well, and you all but you also <laughs> held you also held on to him but this is what i mean it's it's hard to hold on to these guys right yeah. like yeah. it's hard to hold on to them even though he was like he was so lights out first half of the season i mean like Steve, you were mentioning, I what was it, set uh, 70% K rate or whatever it was, like for a period of time? Like, that's just so, so dominant. I mean, I feel like that's actually one trend. I, I feel like I have done no analysis on this whatsoever. So, again, you guys can do the, the numerical analysis on this, qualitatively speaking, anecdotally. It does feel like the guys who were really good relievers did end up somehow getting into that closer role, you know, like the guy, like like even Felix Bautista, who I added and dropped like three or four times on each of my teams, like, you know, eventually got into that role somehow, whether it was from a trade or performance or injury, it feels like a lot of those, there were some pretty high skilled guys. Bay Holmes is the exact same path as Helsley, basically. It's like for, yeah. for a month or a month and mm -hmm. a half, you're like, he's great, but what do I do with him? Keep him on my bench, start him, drop him. Um, like, it could have taken three months before they got enough saves to want to to be worth starting. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you're right. They basically all have the same same path. To defend myself a little bit, I did not put in a bid for Anthony Bender <laughs> dropping Helsley that week. I'm looking back at it now. So. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is like you look back. I mean, I'm sure like we got to find things other than things Steve said about Ryan Helsley, like that we all said, like, I'm going to go, I'm going all in on this guy, you know, like, oh man. I just got one. I nailed one all year and that's it. And I'll take it. I'll take the Jose Leclerc like a month ago. Everyone thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was losing my mind too, but sometimes you just He's not away from another save. Is he? Yeah. Boom. Leclerc is? Yeah, yeah. That's and great. He, 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 when, when I said that the guy, the random guy you mentioned, and three weeks later you get three <laughs> saves in a week, Leclerc is, I don't know if he got three saves actually, but he's the one I was thinking of. And when you brought up the name, I basically dismissed it. I'm like, what, what the hell is Rob talking about? I mean, he's not. <laughs> the guy was hurt. He's <laughs> coming back. He's sucking for a month. And then he started turning around, what, early August? And then by, like because he was bad for for a month or a couple of weeks, no one's paying attention to him at all. But Rob's like, "Hey, look at Leclerc turning around. It's been good for the past week." I'm like, "Yeah, it's three appearances or whatever." Yeah, look, he's been good for two weeks, three weeks now. Yeah, I got an yeah. open spot on this team. <laughs> I, I'm desperate for saves. Put in a bid, and then what do you know? He get he gets the closer job. Oh, damn it, he just blew it. 
And I think with like some players, I was going like, to say there's a runner on second. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, he's still maybe pitching. He'll, maybe he'll get a one. <laughs> or maybe he'll get and a. Uh, I was so hyper focused on him, like for every little thing, and I think just just you know by constantly like analyzing every little bit of his appearances. First, it, like a part of me was just thinking like they they they're gonna have to want to get this guy back into high leverage. He they paid him money and he did it before. And just seeing his movement profile on the slider was like getting like, I think the Texas Rangers are a little bit, you know, um, sneaky good with that. I think they've proven with John Gray and um, you saw, I, I don't know. I just like, I really looked at everything. I liked what I saw. And I think sometimes you just got to like really go with that feeling that you got. Um, yeah. Sit. I know, like, no matter what happens with today or with saves, I mean, since August 14th, he's got a 12.89 K per nine, 3.68 walks per nine, uh, 1.84 Yari and 3X fit. And that's over, uh, what is it, four, uh, almost 15 innings. So, I mean, the, the skills have been really good. So, he might be back to, to the guy he was uh, a couple of years ago, um, whether or not he hangs onto the job and gets more opportunities or not. The skills have been there and you, you, you were on that um, weeks before anyone else. Yeah. And get back to the closer thing. You know, I think people always like to pick, um, pick, pick uh, the perfect late round closer as a reason why this is why I waited, you know, like you could have gotten Daniel Bard. And it's like, like Alex Colomay was going before Daniel Bard, you know, like it, no, come on, like no way you drafted Daniel Bard at 480p and knew he was going to get, you know, 30 saves. I don't know. Did anyone think that, you know, like, I, I think you, I don't know, you have to be like a Colorado Rocky fan or nobody thought that you were going to lock in 30 saves from him. You were probably speculating on, okay, if, if Colin May stinks, you know, maybe he'll do what he did last year and run into 15 and lose his job a little bit. And you'll take those 15 at, at pick 400. But when, you know, when I hear the analysis of you could wait on and get, you know, or, or Fab Jorge Lopez or pick or, you know, like it's, there's only so many of those guys. And then you have to compete with all those people too. And Fab for those players, that's the other thing. It's, it's, it's not like they're coming free, you know? Um, I don't know. I think, I think Rob Silver was on Daniel Bard, but like even, even Rob's going to say, it's not something that you can bank on for next year. I mean, he had a good feeling about that guy this year. Maybe he thought there was a 30% chance that would work out. Probably didn't expect um, 30 saves, but he probably had thought there was a good chance of, I don't know, getting 20, 25 saves, something like that. But doesn't mean that next year you're going to have the same feeling about another guy. It's mm -hmm. It just worked out this year because you, you saw something about maybe the, like the, was it the, the Bud Blacks that he had someone with, 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 um, with high strikeouts, so he's the one that fit the profile. But who knows if the manager is going to have a similar quote next year that's going to put you on someone else, or you're just going to be shooting blind and picking up any of the guys I named earlier, and none of them are going to work out. So it's 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 nice when it happens, but I don't think it's something that you can bank on that's repeatable from from year to year. Yep. Um, we mentioned Jorge Lopez, uh, January twentieth, twenty twenty two. I know it's only 8.1 <laughs> innings pitch, but Jorge Lopez has a 2.34 XFIP when he moved to the bullpen and was throwing 96.6. Phil so. I've got him in uh, my last, my, the last 40 since I drafted after that, after that date. 
I've got him in all of them in rounds 40 to 49. Um, because I didn't want to wait until round 50 because I thought someone else might draft them. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's my hit this year, but even in, um, the first week he was available in, in some main events and I just didn't, he wasn't pitching that well. I kind of gave up on, on that take. Um, I picked him up in my diamond a couple weeks later, so that worked out, but, um, I was, I was late to the party in, in the main events and I didn't get him there. Yeah, I, I I got him in 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 one of my in a super. I think I drafted him towards the back end, and I feel like I was going to drop him because he wasn't initially yeah. the closer. Um, and I dropped him in one league. I, I know I dropped him in one league. I think one of my mains, and I didn't drop him in the super. And then that next week was the week that he got the three saves against the Angels. I think remember where he just like yeah. mm-hmm, just tore through him. Yeah. Because I think I'm, I pulled it up the first week. Um, it's only one week, but at that point, it's I mean, it's what we're thinking about. Um, he had four walks and 2.1 innings, only two strikeouts, so he wasn't pitching well. Um, he got one save and then one loss, which I assume is a blown save when he came in the ninth, but he looked like the closer but wasn't pitching well. So, um, you know, it's, some people picked him up and believed in the skills i guess or thought he, he'd get more chances but um yeah he, he wasn't pitching a lot early not not like not uh like he pitched in those 8.2 innings and at the end of last year this search box is great <laughs> I'm, I'm looking this, at the this podcast is just going to be a, a search search <laughs> box that's just looking things up and patting each other on the back like oh wow you were, this was great I like how you read it, Toby, and then filled this out. Like that should be like, uh, I'll I'll maybe get my wife to like make some uh, paintings like of of the player, and then just put the players, you know, um, who said it on the bottom of it, because that that sounded perfect. But yeah, I April seventeenth, um, where where Han, this is me, where Hanzo Robles, Pagan slash Jorge Lopez available. I need to pick up some starters um, because I have Hater Trevino. <laughs> And die for third and saves. We already talked about being tied in third for saves. April. <laughs> um, does it make sense to bypass the bids for those quote unquote closers and grab another SP? Phil goes, yeah, I'm ignoring those closers and letting everyone spend their money. I have enough save. Uh, be competitive and me influenced by that line. The good thanks. That's what my thoughts are as well. And I didn't pick up. <laughs> but I, the way I ordered it too, I probably would have got Hanzo Robles, and you know, that's just always the not the route to go. And yeah, Toby, I know you love Hanzo, and uh, you know, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Always... I I loved him in 2019. I picked up yeah. Emilio Pagan instead of uh, Jorge Lopez. Yeah, yeah. So. Me too. Me too. Of course, why wouldn't we? You know. Yeah. Uh, that's the fun part about the the fab enclosures, man. We... we always go back to you know. We Guys love pain and past. suffering, Rob. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I just, uh, oh man, it's been so tough lately. But, um, you know, I, it, it, it was so bad because someone dropped Daniel Bard in my first main and I, I had like 30 saves and I ended up paying up for like, I don't know, more than half of the money I had left to get him. Uh, it's because I needed it. And, uh, it's, I don't know, I overbid for him, but, I needed him and I just was a guy I could plug in and play and hope to get like three or four save points without 
having to do all that fab work. And hopefully when he's outside of cores in those last 10 games, maybe they can, uh, maybe they can scrounge up some saves for him. Cause he's been a little slow since I scooped them up, but got one yesterday or today. Yeah, I got one today. All right. Boom. Boom. Um, let's talk about, um, uh, Phil, you have a question here for, uh, for King Steve and talking about, uh, you have a question for him and then you want to talk about like the, the pressure of, uh, Oh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know Steve, you told us at some point that you had, um, in your starting lineup, you had about 10 hitters that you picked up in fab, um, 10 of your 14 starting hitters were guys that you picked up in fab. Um, is there anything you take away from that? Um, should we be waiting more on hitters or, um, maybe when we draft focus on hitters that we think are going to do well in the first half, because we know in the second half, we can pick up guys, whether it's a Gene Segura or Harold Ramirez or guys like that, that, um, get hurt and are, are basically free if you, if you're a week early. Um, or we just draft this as we've always done. Um, and then picking up those guys, basically the backup plan if we miss on on uh, on hitters in in the draft is there i thought it was interesting when you said that. i was surprised yeah. that you could have that many fab hitters and i looked at my teams i had some close to that but what what can we do from that is there anything to, to take away from it um avoid that situation <laughs> 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 like that's yeah like i mean i, I noticed it so many because it was just players i hadn't heard of before this year i don't really want to roster and you know just uh, streaming and picking up whoever, you know, happens to have good matchups to try to piece it together with that team. I think that's my uh, TGFBI team. The team's really hurting uh, and hitting and has been kind of all year. It's just barely hanging in there. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a, I think it's a cautionary tale. Um, and uh, I think that was the, the first yeah, I'm pretty sure that must have been the first fab leg that I drafted. And I was like excited. It's like freeing to come out of DCs and like I can <laughs> draft these people and drop them. So like I know I took Buxton in the third round and like took all these chances that I probably wouldn't have normally and shouldn't have. Um, and then I think so some of that was kind of, you know, I walked right into it and had no one to blame uh, but myself. <laughs> well, like so, some of these teams, like what when it like some of my teams I have like Oscar Gonzalez, um, Benny P, Harold Ramirez, uh, Manny Margot, Jose Siri, um, most of them are raised, but like a bunch of guys like that who um, were either Benny P was more expensive, but a lot of the guys that were like cheap pickups after injuries. Um, so, it, I mean, yeah, if you get to like 10, 10 hitters, there's, there's some shitty ones in there, but um there's at least like five or six that you can pick up that are actually, or at least, I don't know if it's just an anomaly this year, the way it worked out um, guys who were on end up kind of working out. But um, I mean, you, I, I feel like you can have a good lineup with five or six guys. It's not more than that hitters that you picked up in fab. Um, and maybe it's just the way I build my teams and do things, but it, it kind of worked out that way. So I thought, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. But I don't know what to do from it. <laughs> yeah, I would feel like if that was my team, I I, I would just uh, I would wonder why I'm not drafting better hitters. I guess yeah. um, that's where my brain kind of goes when you know I see some of the guys that now that I'm looking at the team stats and, and some of the guys that have started and you know 
and also too like just realizing if you're just autopiloting some players sometimes just because they're that you know they're a guy and that you just don't even look at how he's been doing recently or sometimes you could just fall into that trap of, of, of not paying enough attention to that and spending too much time on fab and just assuming someone's uh you know like oh i haven't noticed that you know jay conan where i've had and you know has it's not playing versus all lefties now or something like that but when it does hit lefties he's hitting homers it's he's been like weird like that but um just just little things like that i feel um can cost you um even though this week i i, I did the bold i'm not gonna upgrade Anthony Sander, uh, two games, um, move, but I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know. This, that's what my, I just like to throw out the numbers, uh, not to say that, you know, that that Razzball or the bad X isn't doing a great job or you guys are doing a great job at that. But some like a, a part of me is like, I'd rather have Santer's two game versus, you know, Ben Gamble's four, maybe. I don't know, because I just feel like he's that much better, you know? And and the park was great, and I don't know. Just uh, maybe a part of my game is flawed, but... I think part of that depends on categories, too. I mean, from, right. from Gamble or whoever, or you're probably going to get more runs, RBIs. Um, but you're not going to get home runs to stolen bases, probably. So mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to get stolen bases from Santander, but... Um, it just depends. You want shitty volume to move up in, in runs and RBIs, or if you're already up there in those categories, and it fills two games from Santander, that, that one home run can make a, a bigger difference than, uh, I don't know, whatever, three runs that you can get from a Pirates guy. Shitty um, volume would be a great team name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> shitty volume. <laughs> I feel like I have that now in, in the online championships to have um, uh, two teams that are in the top 34, they're at 130 and 134, and they're one and two in at-bats in, mm. in the whole overall. But home run per plate appearance, stolen base per plate appearance is weak. Um, I don't know. It, it was a weird two teams because, um, you know, last year it was my first time doing the 12s, and I just was not cutting bait enough, not, you know, not turning, burning enough, and I – I think that's why I fell so fast, Phil, because I got comfortable leaving guys in that that uh, I should have been upgrading. And this year, so I plan to, you know, to to be better at that. And it, it's weird because the guys that I picked at the back end of the draft just ended up staying my team the whole year. Guys like Santander, like and Nimmo, because Nimmo was like a guy who expected, even at the Met fan, to just get hurt, you know, and just be like, all right, well, you know, I'll take him here. I'll have a good stretch of games and. He'll give me some runs. He'll be a good leadoff hitter. And um, he's a guy just like, well, I'm not dropping him. You know, I'm not turning him because he could just be a bench bat, you know. But I've just had a lot of volume that just hasn't been enough. And uh, I just wonder, like, I don't know. I have to go back and just see, like, is that just me being complacent with a comfortable three or four games of, like, knowing I'm getting that bat or just looking for the edge in, in fab. But I don't know. It's uh, I picked the wrong guys at the end of the draft. I think I I didn't pick <laughs> I I picked guys that ended up stay, like just staying healthy and being good and forced me to yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah <laughs> it just made it harder to like cut him you know do you know who's number one in the main event uh for plate appearances or at bats you are right no Steve is he I'm um, actually the last of all of us as usual. 
It's like <laughs> Steve first, Phil's third and eighth, and Rob's right there. And then you scroll down a little bit, you find my team. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't want to bring it up because it seems like someone else should, but like I'm going to, it's going to be back to back if I can hold on. I had the most at bats last year in the main two. Mm. It's a, the real, the real championship. What that's just that's out of curiosity, one. what do you what do you think it is, Steve? Do you think it's just it's just the purely like just putting the guy with four, four versus three, the four versus two, the three yeah, and versus also two? Not having a life helps a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like saying for can, all of us, right? Like, can, how do you spend your Saturday and Sundays? <laughs> oh well, you know, I'm like, you know, spending a few hours like really late at night, like you know, just reviewing fake. Mostly like, and- just like as lineups come out on Mondays and Tuesdays and Fridays, like to make, to make sure I get the, the active players in. Mm. Um, that's why Brandon Lowe, Lau, whatever this mm. week hurts so much to, to, to have zero um, for that whole first half of the week. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I keep a list, you know, I think I've seen it on Twitter. Like Vince Zimmer has it too. Like who's he checking as, as lineups come out? Like the people that you're not sure about. Yeah. Um, so I've got that on a, on a, like a, a spreadsheet on my phone that I can always have with me to, to mm. keep an eye on um, who I want to make sure is active or not. That's um, a great idea. And and then I know it's also like list which teams I need to go and change um, if that person is out. Um, going back to that TGFBI team though, I actually looked at it and this week, 12 of the 14 hitters were not drafted. <laughs> and, and one of the two ah. that I drafted is Contreras. So I'm just leaving in there. <laughs> um, wow. So, and I think the the... I think, yeah, don't do this kind of thing uh, lesson, but also like the more optimistic twist is like that team's still competitive. So it's kind of like what you said, you know, with your your main that started off poorly, feel like that you could still, you know, scrap your way to a competitive team um, with a lot of bad luck and a lot of bad decisions. I think it's, a, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think it's just a backup plan um, that you, we can have for hitters, but you can't have for starters. I mean, you can't have a competitive team if seven of your nine pitchers are from FAB. I mean, yeah. Maybe you can, but you have to pick up like the Kyle Wright and the, the whoever else, um, Spencer Strider, like the, the handful of pitchers that did really well, the Mar- Martin Perez, maybe. Um, like you have to pick up all those guys, but you can I don't think you have a competitive team if seven or eight of your starters right now are, um, are guys from FAB, but it is possible with hitters. Um, I, 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 it's kind of the way I've always looked at it, and I thought maybe there's something else, but the more I think about it, the more it just goes back to that where. Um, with hitters, there's a backup plan. With with pitchers, there there isn't. Steve and I have an I have identical TGFBI teams. Sixteenth and seventeenth. He's number one in pitching. I'm number three in pitching. And then our hitters just crap the bed. <laughs> I'm I'm That's looking a at that team. It's a- <laughs> that team. It's, the pitching is so good. I mean, it's obviously Steve's is. Steve's is a little bit better, but God, that team's pitching is just, I'm, I have like a two, eight, seven yard. Oh man. Like, like uh, Steve, I mean, Steve's is better than mine, but like, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm throwing Luis Sessa, I think, or something like that this week. Cause I just, I don't need the ratios are pointless to work on. That's pretty impressive. 2.87 is pretty serious. Let's see. 2.889 with a 1.077 whip. Damn. Yeah. And 1,244Ks. And I have been starting like four starting pitchers the whole time. Uh, it's like, what is what is my team? 
It's burn. It's burn. I have Burns, Cease, uh, Kyle Wright, Mikolas, Wheeler, Springs, Dynamite. Yeah, that was that's a fun team when you when you have pitching like that, and it's like literally you don't have to worry about throwing any guy. Like every single guy is a is a you know st- you start him almost regardless, except for Mikolas of the setup. I'm looking um, at the plate appearance things right now on the main event, and I see that I'm 17th with 6,800, but Steve's got 2,000 more, uh, 200 more than me. And then the next 200 drop off after me is like 150 players after that. It's fascinating. <laughs> the difference between the 200 at bats is, is just a lot, a lot of at bats. I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about this guy in my main event, Schwindy City, who spent two bucks all year. <laughs> he's in, he's sixth in place. sixth yeah. place. He has 93 points in sixth place. And he spent two bucks. He picked up Kiermaier and Justin Steele. He has Alex Curl off at first base. Like, do you guys think this was a bet he made with somebody and said, I could finish in the top half of the league by spending less than $10 in fab? Because I'm just looking at it and I'm like, I feel miserable that he has. 10 less points than I do. And I've made thousands of decisions. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't feel as bad because both my mains are in second place. But uh, if, if I was worse than six, I'd feel pretty, pretty shitty. <laughs> oh, is, he, is he making lineup moves every week? I mean, he's taking like three zeros this week and he's starting lineup. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no. I don't know if it was different last week or... I mean, yeah, Kirloff's like in there. He's been in there for. He's been in there. <laughs> yep, he's been in there. He's yeah. he's still yeah. I mean, he's still got old Schwindy in there. You know. Yeah, Schwindel's been at corner for. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm I'm going back week by week to see when when his last lineup move. Maybe <laughs> he, he he maybe he gave up on baseball when um, uh, Schwindel got demoted that first That's time it. in AAA. He's just like, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. It's just impressive. I mean, it has to be. I, I don't know if, it, if it's a health issue or it's something. I mean, something happened that it, he stopped doing yeah. anything with his team. Because um, I, I, I hope not. I mean, I hope the guy is well. You yeah. know, if anyone knows James O'Brien, Schwindy City, please tell him um, he's been doing awesome for not making any moves. And that's just, it's just fascinating. You know, it's just, it's just been. It bothers me because I, 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 I'm like, am I over, you know, it just makes you wonder if you're doing too many things, if you're <laughs> making too many moves, it's just really nuts. Cause just put a couple of moves. I mean, guy would have been dominating the league. It's oh, funny. I'm man. looking about his moves from like week 12 to week 16. His moves are basically um, alternating Frank Schildell and Pavin Smith between corner and, and the bench. Yep. <laughs> And I think after week 16, there's nothing. So uh, I don't know. It's it's curious that he's doing so well. Crazy. And that, that was the New York man, right? Uh, yeah, that was the New yeah, York man. So there's probably someone that, that knows him there. I don't know. It's, uh, well, that was, um, it was a half and half because they couldn't fill oh, it. Okay. Okay. So there was some people doing it on, on the computer and some of us there, okay. which was really strange, but, um, yeah, wasn't the best experience, but hopefully they can uh, remedy that next year. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be in Vegas, so it won't matter. Right. 
Right. True that. <laughs> True that. Uh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be fun. I feel it's, like uh, it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know what? That's, I think another thing I enjoy about the uh, chat and is, is just like when we have drafts, if if anyone's available to just like, you know, hop in on a Zoom and, and just, uh, you know, bounce ideas off of or just be there for like, uh, you know, checking for other guys that are available or um, we're talking each other into a pick. I think I, I think I got Steve on one, right? Did I get you on one or maybe? Yeah, a few, I think. He was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they went both ways. You just yeah, first, yeah, definitely. to be more bold. I think it was like Otani yeah. the first. You were just like, I just asked Rob like about the picks and hit. Just so I said, fuck it. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> just go for it. So, so I think you did that with Otani. I think you did it with Mondesi. And then, uh, you also, I think, I mean, the Goldschmidt wasn't like a go for it, but it was, I hadn't taken him all draft season. And I think he fell to me the sixth. And I was like, yep. wait, do I like, do I do this? Like, I haven't really thought about Goldschmidt, you know? Um, so that was a, a good kind of sanity check. But yeah, that's a good value. Yep. So yeah, definitely helpful. Uh, another way that the, the, the chat. I remember because the modesty, I'm like, Steve, is the, this is the latest he'll ever go in all the main so far. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, I think he said something like, that's not a reason to make a decision on a player or something like that, you know? <laughs> like, very, like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I th- it's I funny. I was, I was, I was, I was uh, scrolling through the ADP and, and the, the earned SGP. I was going to talk, okay, Walker Buell has been bad, 4.5 SGP. Um, go down, see Albies and Giolito around five. Okay, they've been bad. Keep scrolling down. Oh, Chris Bryant, 3.48 SGP. He's been bad. Just a, Oh, Montessi, 0.72 SGP. I'm like, damn, he's been really, really bad. <laughs> wow. It's just like, yeah, just going through, I'm like, oh, I mean, bad players are guys that have been hurt, um, just earning three, four, five SGP, and just Montessi just sticks out um, from being hurt and not absolutely giving you nothing um, from a fourth-round pick. Um, it's surprising that you're doing so well despite Montessi. And wasn't yeah. it the same last year, Steve? Didn't you have him on a team that ended up doing well? Uh, I had him last year. Yeah. I think that team didn't I, do that well. I remember that. That was main. They went, that was one of your mains, right? Yeah. I think that team was like Mondesi and Darvish at start or something like that. Mm. Um, and it didn't, I don't think it cashed. I think it was like fourth or fifth place. Okay. Um, but yeah, so but this year, you know, Mondesi was a great value compared to that that was at the turn of the first and i got him the fifth this time so <laughs> if you compare the 0.72 sgp to the draft cost it's really not <laughs> so bad uh steve's point about like goldschmidt though brought brings it uh makes me think of what phil had mentioned before about like how the first three players were really bad that he drafted and he was still really good and why don't like sometimes like, and, and part of the analysis is, ooh, should you take more risk till you can make mistakes? And then the other side of the analysis is, why don't we just take players that we know are going to be pretty good as like a baseline and then yeah. knowing that we can improve it. But like, I feel like that, like, I loved Goldie. You look at him, he's had one like bad year in the last, however many, all the metrics check out. Uh, Peter Alonzo was another guy I loved and I have them in different drafts where it's not an overall component, or I could get them much later on. Like I have Alonzo in an OC, I have Goldie in my super. 
And it's like, but then it's like, why do we always do that? Like why, if, if we're, if we feel certain, and I know why we don't do it, but if we feel certain or we feel really good about a guy, like even if he doesn't check all the boxes, like the steals or whatever it is, you know, um, that we're always looking for early in the rounds, why don't we just take those guys, you know? And I never can do it. It's like the second closer, you know, it's like, I just can't do it. I think it's part of me. I feel too rigid. I feel like that's one of my challenges is, is I just lock myself into this. It's kind of like the opposite yeah. of could do, you know, it's like, it's like, Toby, create a team that's exactly <laughs> identical, like with the same process and the same picks in every round, you have two guys you can select from like, you know, um, I don't you're know. Totally just, right, though. You're totally right, yeah. Toby. Because there's there's, there's there's so many times in those DCs where I'm like, why am I only thinking about Tommy Pham and Andrew Benintendi? Like, is there another player that exists <laughs> yeah. in this fucking area? You know, and it's, and, and it's just the same thing every time. And it's just like we get, yeah, I'm rigid and stubborn. And and then too, like, I don't know. I think I think I think early in draft season, I have a tendency to do better because. I'm just trusting myself more. And then I tend to like flip into another strategy. And this year was first base and, you know, and Hoskins and like Josh Bell's have been fine, you know? Um, but I had two Goldschmidt's before January came, you know? And then I didn't, I became a, no, I'm getting first baseman, you know, at between 120 and 150. And I just stuck to it, you know, instead of, allow myself. Cause like you said, like, I loved, I, I loved Alonzo and Goldschmidt too. I, you know, I, I thought Alonzo was going to take a huge step forward and I stuck myself into that. I, I got to snap out of that. Cause that's just bad. Just uh, the projections love them too. I mean, when yes. you compare what, where they were ranked versus what their ADP was. And so it was all that, that, that value proposition of this first baseman versus this first baseman later on, you know? Yep. Um, yep. I'm curious to see, I know Greg at the end of your publishes like how many um, like percentage of winning teams that had a specific player. Um, I just went quickly through like the top 10 overall and Steve's the only one who was Goldschmidt on there. I wonder like how many of those teams that drafted Goldschmidt ended up drafting a Montesi or a Miles Straw or something like someone like that to make up. Because like we look at the player by, by himself in amazing value, mm-hmm. but did it force you to make a mistake somewhere? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'll be curious when, when Greg publishes the data to see if, if, if either we're doing it right by drafting more balanced players, more, more stone based guy, or we're missing something by, by not looking at those, at those guys, those Peter Alonso, um, Goldie mm-hmm. and so on. Um, How often was Aaron Judge in there? Curious. Um, I didn't look at outfield. I was looking at first and corner. Um, so yeah, I can, I can go through it. I, I've, I, I see him a couple of times. One, I tried one to of, say something about that on the pod the, the, yeah. a few weeks, a couple weeks ago about judge, but then it was like, well, judge has 15 steals, you know, yeah. or whatever he's got. So it's like, that's kind of backfires, you know? Um, I see, yeah, I think there's at least, uh, I mean, he's been too good not to, I mean, with the, yeah, average I think there's, steals three two or three of the top 10 that have them um hmm. something like that so yeah uh but i mean obviously there's 705 teams so there's and there's only 40 was the 47 that have judge so um you, i mean you won't have it's 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 not football you won't have 10 like the top 10 teams with with the same guy 
Um, so like three out of 10 is, is pretty big. No lies, there was, the guy was, um, Senator was Kevin Gosman. Um, seemed like everyone in the top 10 had him. I think probably five, five of the top 10 at some point last year had Kevin Gosman um, in the overall. I don't know if it's just the, the profile. Like, I don't know if there's, there's something to that where good players, for whatever reason, were on Kevin Gosman last year, where he's not the player that made the difference, but just the way good players build their teams, it ended up being a guy that, that we were on, but it doesn't necessarily um, mean that he's the player that made the difference. Um, like, I don't know if there's, like, a um, like a, a guy – I'm just trying to find – Like Kyle name. Wright. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know Jenstad has him. I know Scott has him, but he, yeah, you know he's got a ton of wins, or it feels like he's got a ton of wins. Low, like relatively good ratios, high Ks. Yeah, he might to- be one, but like like someone, um, like I know Cal Wright made a difference, but is there something to it where a if you're on Cal Wright, it means that you're good at finding pitchers, so you did well elsewhere mm-hmm. on your team. And you won because you're good, not 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 necessarily because of Cal, right? So that data of like uh, of percentage of uh, main event, like winning main events that had that player, um, is interesting to look at. But it, it's not the whole. Um, um, like we like I I I'd assume even though like Bobby Witt had a good year, I assume there's not that high percentage of of winning teams that have him just because he's a prospect he's high risk and usually players that do well, stay away from, from those players. Um, yeah, like the thought process. <clears throat> this yeah, example yeah. would be, I think close to Toby's heart. Um, oh, he's yeah, probably changed. When I checked this a month ago, four of the top 10 teams in the main event had Eric Lauer. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, what's great is I have Eric Lauer, but I'm not close to there. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so it's not Eric Lauer for sure. It's the, it's the manager. What are we trying to say here? Yeah. No, like it's so. If you if you're the kind of person who will be in on Eric Lauer, you're probably the kind of person who's going to identify other good pitchers, yeah. right? Is that the idea? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. thinking. I don't know if it if it if there's something to that or not. Um, but I I know for for prospects, I'm I'm pretty sure there is. Um, unless the player makes such a big difference, like J Rod, for example. Um, but um, I don't know. I think there's something to that. So to answer your question, Phil, yes, um, my one of my teams, but Goldie is is my first DC team is my best DC team. It's in top 50 overall. My other Goldie team, I'm like 13th in the league. And yes, I did take fucking Miles Straw and round nine. So <laughs> <laughs> go F yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, I bounced it out with shit. Oh, man, that is unbelievable. Um. But um, but before you ask the question about feeling pressure, I wanted to ask you this um, for actually Toby. Um, why does why does pitchers who don't deserve their results? Why do they get under your skin so much? It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing about you. Like you get so bothered. You're almost like these people don't deserve to get those wins. <laughs> You know, like like Gonsolin, like you have such a, a hate for that. And it, it, it's so funny because out of all of like you, you always um, I tend to shoot more off the hip and you always keep me so grounded with like, you know, you're always civil and you always take the high road and 
I always appreciate that from you because I'm like, yeah, I'm being a little harsh and you know, you, but then, but then, but then that part about you, you just don't care. You're like, they don't deserve these stats. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like early in the season with a Waka, like listening to you was like on the podcast. <laughs> yes. like, oh my God. And you guys love Waka. <laughs> you guys loved Waka. You guys loved Waka. You still love Waka. And yet you look at him, everything's worse in his career. Everything is worse. And he's better. I'm, I have a strong sense of justice, Rob. I have a strong <laughs> sense of justice. I think you got to, you know, uh, I don't like luck. I don't like the way the role that luck plays in uh, fantasy baseball. No, yeah. uh, fantasy baseball would be pretty boring without luck. But I just, you know, I like, uh, I like an, I like an orderly world. Yeah. You know, where there's a sense of justice and ethics and morals, and uh, it seems like really low BABIPs, uh, really low home run per fly ball rates fly in the face of that. So. Mm. Okay, right. that's it. So, so Gonsolin's ERA is immoral, is your view? <laughs> yes, yes. It's immoral. <laughs> it is. It is. It's unjust. It is unjust and undeserved. Yeah. You would be an interesting. Whereas you look at a guy like uh, who? Who was I thinking about the other day? Who was I saying? Um, oh God, you know, all you have to do is search by Babbitt. You know, like <laughs> yeah, search, yeah, search by Babbitt for pitchers, like qualified pitchers, and you're like, I can't remember who it was because I had to. For the baseball HQ thing, I had to put together like a list. Oh, yeah. Kevin Gaussman. Gaussman. What's his BABIP this year? 371. Uh, 371. The, the next highest is 325. <laughs> 371. Do you know how much wow. Kevin Gaussman I'm going to have next year? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, like, he's been that. unbelievable this year. And it's just it, it, 371 BABIP compared to, let's see. Let me reverse uh, look at Babip, and I wonder who's going to be at the top of the leaderboard there. Oh, Julio Urias, another one of these Dodgers yeah. who does not yeah. deserve the results <laughs> that they are getting. <laughs> I mean, Gonsland hasn't even pitched enough innings to get there. I mean, come on, people. And no offense to Tristan McKenzie, who I know you love, Steve, but he's there too, although he has an absurd fly ball rate. Um, he's got a 30.7% ground ball rate, so that probably explains a little bit of it. Like so, like, if a guy does it consistently, year, Gosman and Lyles the worst two Babbitts. What's that? <laughs> My yeah. two favorite pitchers, Gosman and Lyles, with the worst two Babbitts. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Phil, what is your favorite game, and why is it – why did this guy – I just listened to this pod, and why did this guy still have him on – this guy on his team? <laughs> Wait, what? I said, what is your favorite game and why is it I just listened to this podcast and I can't believe such and such still has this oh, yeah. player on his team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I named myself Cutthroat Phil just because I, yes, I, mean, yes. I just make these drops and when I hear people say, I still have this player on my team. I'm like, what? I mean, I would have dropped that guy two months ago. I mean, why are you still holding <laughs> on to him? Sometimes I'm too quick. Sometimes it's it's the opposite. I drop a guy and I I, I read it, but um, I just if a guy is playing, especially for hitters, if a guy is playing four games in like four out of eight for me on the Sunday, he's an immediate drop. Like I unless there, there is, if there's an injury, it's different. But um, I'm not holding out the hitter who's 
just not playing. And sometimes, I mean, Jock Peterson, I regretted it for a while. I dropped him, I think on the first Sunday, there were three games or four games. And I saw he sat um, against two lefties, something like that. I dropped him right away. Then, of course, he goes off in the second week. And um, he was hot for a couple of months. But, I mean, I, I, I mean, I love Jock Peterson. And, yes, I thought he was better than, than his stats last year. Um, and, yes, but the other reason is I thought the Giants can't platoon everyone. They have so many lefties. He's Peterson. You can let him hit against lefties. Um, as soon as I saw he's not going to play against lefties, I dropped him. So um, he turned out to be really good for a while. But I wonder, like, how many teams hung on to Jock Peterson um, like when the hot streak came to an end, um, like, I don't know how, how many people hung out to him all year. Um, he's still, I mean, he's fine now, but he's not playing that much. Um, he's got what 378 plate appearances. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's been hurt. Right. He hasn't, at least I don't think he went on the IL. So, um, I think he was at one point. Cause that's, I think when I, yeah, maybe him. a 10 day IL, but yeah. like it wasn't, uh, I can probably pull it up. I did pick uh, him back up in my league. I dropped him and I picked him back up. And he's he's the kind of guy like I I I kept in the lineup for a good amount of time just because um, I kept I didn't want to miss those I guess those those days where he just didn't play but came in and pinched in and still hit a homer. I mean I I I had him active for two hundred and forty six at bats for eighteen homers. Okay. Um, I'll take that, you know. So yeah, he had he missed uh, three games in April and um, late April, early May. He was injured, didn't go on the IL, and then he went on the I assume it was a concussion IL for uh, he missed the uh, yeah seven games. So I assume it was concussion IL. Uh, but even those games, they faced five lefties, so he wouldn't have played. Um, but basically, what three seventy eight player prince is going to end the year at maybe four. 430, 440, 440, something like that. I mean, how good do you have to be to be a valuable player that's in your lineup every week with maybe, let's call it 450 player appearances. I mean, there's, I mean, he's been well above expectations. Um, and even then, I'm not sure that he's a guy that you could have kept in your lineup all year and, and like had better than replacement value. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm quick with drops. I regretted Peterson for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple like a month, but in the end, I think it was still probably still the right play based on everything that happened after that. Um, yeah, I yeah. just dropped him. It, it, he he had three homers and 15 RBIs in in, in one fucking week. I think <laughs> it, just recently, right or whatever, yeah. some crazy number. And I'm like, they have eight games. I'm mean, up five on Monday to Thursday, and I'm dropping him that week because you know it was it was Heaney, um, Urias, you know, he's facing the Dodgers, facing all the lefties, and then he had like two out of three lefties on that weekend, and then Monday to Wednesday, I think it was you know three righties, but and then back to Friday to Sunday, like two other lefties, and I said this is the time, you know, this is the I can't afford, you know, I think there's a time in the year, I think early in the year it was a little more uh, comfortable with letting it fly and 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 just trying to you know get that power because it, I definitely needed it. I mean, I'm looking at my team stats right now. It's so crazy. Cause like, I just realized that like, 
my ninth and tenth most home runs for my team came from DJ LeMahieu with ten and Paven Smith with nine. <laughs> oh God, that's when you really did a bad job of drafting power. Just <laughs> horrible, man. This team stats page is really making me depressed. I'm just gonna get <laughs> off of it. I'm just not doing well looking at back, <laughs> looking at that right now. Oh, uh, Rob, God. for the for the game of that Phil likes to play, of you still have that guy on your team. I'd like to go to the chat. <laughs> Me on September fourth. You guys drop an Aovald if you haven't already. Steve, <laughs> cut him a couple weeks ago. Put uh, Rob, yes, ways ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, the search box uh, in Discord is great. <laughs> Sometimes I do that. Like I'll literally like just drop like, like this week I kept Nick Martinez for some reason on one team. And I was like, I was like, I was like, wait, why do I still have Nick Martinez on my team? And I think I just like forgot to include him in a drop line or something like that. Yeah. That's actually what I did this weekend. I, I, I duplicated, I duplicated the, the list and didn't add that separate drop. Mm. And I've done that a lot of times this year. It's just something wrong with my brain right now. It's just so bad. Cause I'm like, and I look back at the my fab results. I'm like, why didn't I get like this other player? It's like, oh my god, I did that again. I did that with Nick Martinez this week. I no, you have to do. You have to put an alarm alarm at like 9:50 p.m. Or if you're, I don't know if you're if you're a big box Bob or Zach, put it at like 9:30. Except like 100 leagues, but um, at 9:50, yeah, just go to my pending fab page and just take five, ten minutes, just look through it, make sure. Mm. Mm. Make sure all the players are different in the drops, oh. and like you can, you just scroll through it, and it, it, it like jumps out. If you see the same like two, um, two lists with the same player being dropped, uh, it jumps out right at me. I'm like, okay, ah. I messed, messed this up. I go back and fix it. Good, good suggestion idea. in the middle of September, Phil. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wait, before you say that, Rob, search the chat to make sure that he didn't bring this up earlier. Well, no, because I I said I did this. I said I I I said, man, I. I let myself down. I, I didn't pay attention. You could have told me then. It was only three weeks ago, but still, it would have been still like almost September. But um, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this. Wait, wait, I got, wait, wait, oh, I, got, okay. I got it. I got it. You got um, it? April, or is it? I don't know how you. you yeah, you did say it. US. Yeah. Um, August 4th, 2021. I always check the pending fab page a couple of times to make sure. Oh, man. The real, the real. <laughs> takeaway from this entire podcast is just check the chat the chat has everything in it yeah seriously oh man all right i was wrong about that that was a long time ago (laughs) right it's been over a year since you were told what how to avoid this type of uh (laughs) anyone who still has who has a chat like us and still doing it on twitter do it on discord you can there's i mean you can go back over here and do the search and you can pin yes you could pin tw- yes, pin tweets, you could post all the draft boards in one a separate spot. Um, the gifts are way better on Twitter. Way better. There's there's way more raunchy stuff. I mean on <laughs> on Discord. Way more way more things. It's searchable. I'm like, oh, this is great, you know, because there's there's some shows or movie I watched, and I was like, I love and I love it, and I'll search it on Twitter. I'm like, man. How do they not have this? You know, and on Discord, <laughs> they just have so many options. I'm like, this is awesome. I love this. 
I think um, that raunchiness is the dimension by which you like you mentioned it just. I was like, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, there's lots yeah. of cute, cute newt newt things and we found the pilk. And no, I was like, I like, I like the gifs. Yeah, the pilk. Because they're 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 adult gifs. There's a I lot of dicks wings. Like for Milkington. <laughs> I can't believe Roof drank the pilk live. <laughs> Twitter. Oh man. But don't don't urban dictionary that that that's just it's just bad, very bad pilk. All right, let's close this out. We're talking about pressure, Phil. What was your question all right. to all of us? All right, so um, one of the things that like everyone asked me um, back in in February and March was like, do you feel any pressure this year that you have to do well because what you did last year? And my answer was always. Not really, because it's not, I mean, the example I gave is if, if you told me I have to make a, a three-foot putt in golf for $100,000, there's no way I'm making it because I'd feel the pressure. My hands would be shaking and I'd, I'd mess it up for sure. But in fantasy baseball, there's no, like pressure doesn't affect the way you draft or the moves you make. You have so much time to think. It can't affect you. Uh, but then when the year started and I had like teams um, like middle of the pack in, in my leagues or like 300th overall in the main, I did feel a bit of pressure. Some of it was pressure up on myself because I wanted to do well, but others that like, what am I going to look like? I'm going to look like the guy who had one good year and then sucks the following year. Um, but I mean, I, and I do a couple podcast appearances, but um, Rob and Toby, you guys have very good podcasts. Rob, Rob, you wanted DC overall. So I was running like, after that win, did you feel any pressure? And Toby doing same question, doing the podcast every week, do you feel like you have to do well? And if you suck, um, are you going to be like, no one's going to listen to me anymore and have to give up the podcast? Um, I was wondering, like, you feel pressure to do well because of that. Rob, you want to go first? Or? First, I'd like to say, Phil, um, yeah, I feel like for a second we almost lost you to prop bets. You know? I was like, is, <laughs> is Phil leaving us? You know, like, what happened? <laughs> There was a time where we were talking That's about true. the players and, and, and you would say something where I'm like, is, is he paying attention? And because I know you are, you know, I know you are. And, and I don't doubt your ability to uh, want to, you know, just like lay down and give up. It's definitely not going to be your style. But um, there was a there was a moment there where I was a little worried. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're losing Phil maybe here. We got to pull him back in. Um I'm back now. I'm back. I know you're back. You're back. <laughs> <laughs> back. Yeah, good run. And you're like, no, I'm back on fantasy baseball. Um, I, I, I feel like um, I just put pressure on myself in general in life. Um, I think one thing my wife always tells me that I put too much pressure on myself in general, <clears throat> just in, in daily life. I try to be like super efficient in everything. And I'll try to like, I'll make a list of 10 things to do in a day. And if I do nine of them, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the one thing I didn't do, you know, um, have to do better with that in, in my head. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really um, say really to know that many people to feel like I had to impress everyone, but I all it takes is a couple of tweets or some random guy writing an article saying I got lucky winning. Uh, and it just gets you fired up, you know, like it's, it's, um, you know, I think I talk about a lot, like, um, you know, my favorite athletes of all time was like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, not because they were just so good at it, but they were just so driven to be, to like drive you into the ground and, and like 
impose their will on on you and i was never good enough like to do that with skill but i've like in basketball when i used to play basketball um i would just always try to out hustle everyone you know and out muscle people and you know box them out and like you know grab their t-shirt like dennis rodman style anything to like really just try to get an edge and um but yeah i think that's just a couple of comments even though like uh you know this is one thing um and trying to do better of too, like, um, and just not letting like people like rule your thoughts because when they, when you want to like react to something someone says in a way that's not you, they technically like become like they technically owning you, you know, and and your reactions and your and and your words that you want to say, and that's not good. So. I, I didn't want to like let those things uh, be the only driver and it never will be, but I did take those things a little, a little, um, you know, to heart. Like uh, I wanted to show that I wasn't just a flash in a pan. And, and I think that actually doing the podcast helped me a lot because um, I was able to reach out to so many people who got me so much better, you know, like I'll, I'll always take, stuff that I've learned from you guys, you know, when you guys came as guests or, you know, the John Posmas, everyone that came on the show and said something that made me go, oh, you know, and I think the pressure was getting all that information and, you know, trying to really still be good. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, I think we compared it to like Randy Rosarena, right? It was like, had the short year, like Randy Rosarena run in the playoffs and came back and, you know, did okay. One, 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 one out of my two mains, and you know, did pretty well in in other leagues. Wasn't like it, it wasn't your year, but it wasn't a shit year either. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I just put pressure on myself in general to try to be good and um, too much. I think it's too much. It's too. It's 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 getting. But I've I've been doing better with um because I think I'm I've been the one in the chat to try to always say like. Don't let this get your day down, guys. Like, just like random, <laughs> like, you know, because I see, you know, obviously we're all determined to be good and we're all serious about this. You know, we want to compete. We want to, um, I think at the end of the day, we want to see our names up in the most main event titles won, you know, in history or stuff like that. Because, you know, it's 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 cool. It's a proud accomplishment. And, um, but I think in the end, you know, I've done better this year with just accepting that, it is what it is, you know, and, um, but it doesn't take away the drive, you know, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm just more trying to prove myself to myself, uh, than anybody else really goes long and probably said the same thing over. Yeah, and over. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I mean, the good news about me is, is that I haven't done that well. So like the pressure is minimized because of that, you know, um, that's not true. Uh, especially last year, like last year, it's like, Oh, how do you, how do you beat that? Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think for me, like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I want to do my best. Like I try really hard. I put a lot of time and energy and effort into it. I've spent a lot of my life. And that's something that I think, like, I think I thought more about this year, I think than other years was just like how much of, you know, honestly, like life is like dictated by fantasy baseball, you know, like the, the Saturday nights, like the Sundays when you're like rushing home so you can get online so you can make those last couple changes. So I try really hard. Like I try my best. This is true in fantasy baseball and, and on the podcast as well. Like, um, 
So I don't really feel pressure externally. Like I'm a competitive person. I want to do well, but, um, but I think I also try to maintain the perspective that like, you know, it's kind of like what you were saying, like, you know, um, if you have a three foot putt, you know, and you got to make that that's pressure, but it's like, I don't even control how my team does. Right. Like I control yeah. who's in my team, but like, I don't swing the bat. I don't throw the pitches. I'm trying to like do my best to put, you know, my team in a position to be successful. And, you know, and I, and I think a lot of what I love is just like the interplay between the different metrics, the interplay between the team, the team is like, a, you know, um, Steve, Steve mentioned something earlier about like, I can't remember how he framed it, but um, you know, just like the dynamic between all these different components of your team, the categories, the players, the playing time, like all these things that can shift and change and, and adapting to that. So um, so I don't really like feel pressure. I don't think. Um, and like on the podcast again, like I, you know, I do that pretty much for free. Like I get like, I think I'm now up to like $1,100 over the course of the entire podcast for, <laughs> you know, uh, how much, how much I've made. And I think it's clear. Like I, I, I don't, I I'd say I don't give my all because as you guys have pointed out, I don't do like a ton of research ahead of time, but um, I give my best. And so like, if people want to listen to me, they can. And if they don't, they can't, they don't have to. And sometimes they're going to be egregiously wrong, like Vlad Jr. And other times I'm going to be right. And I'm going to try to have fun with it. I'm going to try to have fun with this game that means like probably too much in my life. Um, so I, I don't think, I don't think I feel pressure, but it would be nice to like, you know, I finished ninth overall back in 2019. And the first time I played, that's the best I've done. I would love to be in a, um, you know, in that, in that kind of sweat, like towards the end. And I'm sure I'd be nervous and, and have, I have a lot of pressure on myself for those decisions. Cause it's those like 50 fifties, you know, Steve has pointed this out. Like you're at the 50 50 and it's like, you can go one direct way or the other. And honestly, it's hundred percent luck, whether it works out for you or not, because <laughs> it's 50 50, right? Like the Razzball projection is like 15 bucks for each player, you know? And it's like, how could you go wrong? And it ends up being wrong. And you know, so that's part of the game. And so, yeah, I just try to have fun with it and kind of, um, enjoy myself, but you know, it sucks when you're doing poorly, like everything feels mm. shitty, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. It's totally right. And that's why I was like, Oh, we trying to just keep the mood light because it's just, it's just, it could get bad. It could really, you know, you don't want it to ruin your day. It shouldn't, <laughs> you know, it really shouldn't, but it, sometimes it does. Yeah, doing yeah, fab when your team's shitty is like yeah oh my god like this sucks i think my it biggest thing is there's more drops too <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> i think phil 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 you always like to put in the uh like the strike zone chart and i'm like get out of here like, <laughs> stop putting that up like don't even watch that you know but he, he could like two earned runs if if you just call this third strike and that's just how like into it we are, because, you know, obviously, you know, taking all these little uh, snapshots of, 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 of things that could have went other ways. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's the beauty of it all. You know, you can go so many other ways. And sometimes when I do that, I mean, there's two reasons. One um, is to see like did the player play poorly or mm. was it just bad luck? And I guess when I do that, Sometimes it's just, um, just I'm, I don't know if it's just justify the bad luck, but um, I mean the the, the the yeah, well, like one of it is just to to 
tell myself, yeah, it was bad luck hanging on to this guy. I mean, it's just, I mean, it could have gotten you the way. Um, I don't want just to tell myself there's so much luck involved in this game. It, whether it's like one check swing, one badly called strike that turns into a walk in a bad inning, um, like one little thing, like that, that, that the strike on the edge is a 50-50 call for the umpire. If he calls it one way, it's out of the inning, and the other way, it's three or four and runs. Um, there, I mean, there's there's so many little things in this game. Um, and then one, like we, we talked earlier about what we love about this chat, one of the things that sometimes it's just like a way to rent. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> if mm -hmm. I talk to, 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 to my kids or, or my girlfriend about this, like no one's going to care. You can't talk to <laughs> anyone else about this, but I wake up in the morning I, at like seven o'clock, check this stuff, and I see like a blown save or whatever. I'm like, oh, what did I make this dish? Why did I start this guy? So, like, so on. You just ran for like five minutes. Then you feel better. You go on with your day. Rob yep. tells you, don't worry about it. Just move mm -hmm. on. And and like sometimes it's not even like, even if you didn't say that, I wouldn't be stuck on it for hours. Just I just let it out. You yep. feel good about it. And then you move on. Or if if like one night at like 8 p.m., like every pitcher is doing poorly, I just turn everything off. Yep. Just say, this day sucks. All my pitchers suck. Nothing's going well tonight. I don't look at anything. Wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, this is why I'm in the standings now. I don't, I don't even look at the, at the stats from yesterday. And just, it's a new day. I'm starting at this spot in the standings and nothing else matters. So it's sometimes just like you rant, you move on, and it just makes it easier to go on with the day. So you can't, you can't hold everything in. I mean, if, if, yep. if I mean, if you don't have anyone to talk about this, you just mumble in your head nonstop. <laughs> it just eats at you all day long. You're stuck in your thoughts. But with this chat, you just let everything out, then move on, and you feel better. And like you said perfectly, too, you, it's better than, like, talking about it on Twitter, you know? Because, yeah, I know. Because yeah. <laughs> then you get then then you get pissed off when you hear other people's, like, opinions that you're just like, I don't got time for you and telling you why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I, I, I know you're referring to that. I had that, like, aha moment one yeah. time, I probably a couple of months ago, I'm like, I just realized why people say so much dumb shit on Twitter because they don't have anyone else to talk about it. And I, yes. I barely tweet because all my rants go to you three guys who listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't feel the need to post it on Twitter, but someone who doesn't have that, you're like, all right, I mean, you have to let that rage out. So post it on Twitter, but then you look like an idiot and it just get worse because you get into an argument that lasts for three hours um, about that thing. But in the end, that person just wanted to rant and, someone to, that listens to them uh, but it turns to a huge argument for no reason um so yeah keep things private find people who are going to listen to you accept and accept your rants and then move on <laughs> maybe maybe the roto therapist is is something that i really should uh <laughs> really should do i mean if 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 people want to rant you know tell them listen it's gonna be fine <laughs> Gonna be <laughs> I love the idea. I, I gotta make business cards. Uh, Toby, I wanted to know real quick. Did, have you looked at um? Um, I know, I know, it's normally just something you have. Browse. I looked at Gonsolin's Babip. I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just would like to report that he still does not deserve anything that. He doesn't deserve anything. Just checking in. 
Yeah, I just uh, actually, you know, I always like to take a peek at the three two count stuff, you know, because uh, mm. I think it's funny, you know, and it just always sticks in my head as like, you know, going down the rabbit hole, like you said, it's it's something to use to kind of see if someone didn't deserve the success or whatever. But um, mm. yes, Spencer Strider's up there, man. It's mm. up there. K minus walk of of thirty uh, percent in full count. It's up there, but there's some other, you know, all, all the great pitchers up good, there. A too, lot of so. good pitchers, yeah. There's, yeah, the, there's, good, the good pitchers will have. Yeah, it up there. yep, yep. But um, it's. Uh, I think we're with the three two counts. Like good pitchers always up there, but um, I think like that the um, the highest that you can maintain in the long run is somewhere between five and ten percent. So yep. great pitchers mm-hmm. up there, but if you're at thirty percent um you're gonna regress uh but it but then again it depends like how much like spider has been so great yeah. regress is something that's still awesome um there's so many other factors but yep. you're right it, it's it, in small samples i think it's interesting like after a month looking at that and see if someone's um k minus walk rate should be 20 percent, or if they got lucky it should be 15 percent. It, it can make a big big impact in the I think it was huge when when we first when Toby first looked at it and when I looked into it more, um, it was after the the short twenty twenty season. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was huge in that year and a lot of it explained uh, Plesak's random success in twenty twenty. Um, for a full season, I don't think it matters as much, but it's it's I guess another piece of the pie. Um, I just remember here, spending here. like weeks like. I want to find something like Toby found, you know, <laughs> like, wow, these guys are really getting into stuff. Like I have to really do like some intense diving, you know, how the hell do you come up with that? It's fascinated by, it. I'm always fascinated by that story. That's, that always stick in my head. It's one of like my first very, you know, like, I don't know, it was just like a crazy, uh, it was a crazy moment. I, I'll always remember that, you know, Zach, please, Zach stinks because of this. How um? Who do you think is at the top of the K minus walk reader leaderboard without looking at it? Think about somebody who has an extremely low walk rate for pitchers right now. Yeah, I'm looking Gosman? at it. So I'm not going to say it. Gosman's towards the top. Yeah, I think he's yeah. he's top five. Yeah, so he's, he's walk rate. He's good. Like, he's yeah. good. Yeah. So I think Gosman's walk rate is like five percent, something like that. Mm. Uh, so I was thinking that, but um. I don't know. It's the only one that comes. He's to a mind. rookie, yep. setting all kinds of records for least amount of walks. Got two first names. He does. He really does. <laughs> that's why you can't trust him. Wow. <laughs> <Nah>. See, <laughs> that's something you just discovered, Rob. That none of us will be able to replicate. That George Kirby <laughs> has two names, two first names. Oh yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, he's got a nine point three percent walk rate in three two counts. Which is just, I don't know how you can do that. Like yep. the second highest, this is minimum of 33 two counts. Okay. He's, he's at 9.3%. Second highest is 13.2. Aaron Nola is third at 13.9%. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, like talk about somebody who's going to get a little bit of regression probably next year mm-hmm. um, with, the, with the walk rate. Not that he's going to be bad, you know, but but just something like that seems unsustainable. But then you look at like Michael Waka is in the top, <laughs> top 13, top 12. Just, just saying. Waka. Can't Where's get over Gonsal- the Waka. Oh, Tony Gonsolin. 
28th. That's not that bad. <laughs> Whatever. But you guys. Uh, all right. I'm going to end this with some odd decks. All right. Question for you guys. When you were a kid, did you have any posters on your wall? And if so, what or who? I had a ton. My bedroom was filled with posters. Me all, too. I was a big poster sports. guy. I had um, some Carolina Panthers ones. Some, uh, I think I had Kerry Collins. I had... Oh, Panthers um, fan, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, How I come? Just, um, because there was a running back. Uh, Timonga Biakabatuka? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Holy crap, Quebec. Phil. He was like my favorite player too. I was a huge Michigan fan and I liked the Panthers for no, like French a period Canadian. of like four or five years <laughs> because of Timonga Biakabatuka. Yeah. The Ohio and State it, game. Yeah. I, 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 I bought that tape. I actually never followed him in college. Um, but um, I was probably probably eight or nine years old when he got drafted. I didn't have a favorite football team because in Canada, we would have a team. So I know who to cheer for. And I see Holy this, um, this, this thing on, on the sports network talking about this guy from Quebec who's going to be drafted in the NFL. I'm like, huh? okay. It gets drafted by the Panthers. I think seven or eight overall, something like that. I'm like, oh, Panthers are my favorite team now. So um, that's-, that's how it came. Yeah. That's how it worked for me too. <laughs> and they were pretty good. And then uh Kerry Collins yeah. got hit in the jaw by Bill Romanowski, you know, on I think in the playoffs or something, or maybe that was his right. arm. I can't remember. And yeah. They made it to like the AFC title game or something like that. Yeah. That yeah. Period. yeah. So yeah, that's some uh some Tiger Woods posters. Um I was in the Tiger Woods fan club when I was nine years old. Got some t-shirt that was probably like an adult large. I was like eight or nine years old so it was like a pajama that were all the time and i kept it until i was probably early 20s and the white t-shirt was brown now just I, I still wore it as a pajama and at some point i, I just threw it out because it, it smelled in it but um <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's vintage it now man all the old sports <laughs> t-shirts or old, you could have like... sold it for hundreds of thousands yeah it was, it, the t-shirt was just like uh like a small picture of Tiger Woods in the back and front was like um, Tiger Woods fan club or something. It was like a really, really basic t-shirt. Like 98% of it was just plain white, uh, which became brown. Um, So it's just... (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's my answer. (laughs) Okay. Steve, any posters on the wall? Only one I can remember is a lot nerdier. It was all the presidents like pictures of all the presidents <laughs> and then basic facts about them. <laughs> look at and memorize the order of presidents. That's amazing. It uh, is amazing. Uh, oh my amazing. God, it's fascinating. Oh, man. <laughs> Toby? Um, I didn't put posters, but I was a huge Robin Ventura fan. And oh, nice. I would put I would put clippings where he was mentioned. So like if you'd have a big like once a year he was good for a big game, you know. Like he had the game where he hit two grand slams. And so like in the newspaper, you know, it would have the like paragraph summaries of the games, you know? Yeah. And it'd have all the games, but then it'd have one highlight, you know, like one like whatever the biggest game of or the biggest thing that happened that day got like a few paragraphs. And so I had like a Robin that Robin Ventura thing with the box score. Nice. And I pinned it on my wall, just like not framed or anything like that. Just pinned it on my wall. Yep. And so I would do stuff like that. Um, and I would also like, I really thought CDs looked cool. 
like, you know, like just the reflection, the like hologram, hologram type stuff. Yeah, so yeah, pin yeah. backwards CDs on my wall just to get the reflection oh, of the light. Really? Yeah. Oh, so, so like, yeah, you made like a little, like almost like, would you throw a black light on it too? Like a strobe light? No, I just, just have you backwards just CDs. It. The CDs that I wasn't going to listen to, I just pinned up there. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, what's, <laughs> what size are you in like a jersey? Because I have Me? a Robin Ventura throwback jersey and I have completely. Do you really? I do. Yeah, because 23. Like the, my fi- when he was number four on the Mets? No, no, on the Sox. And the old the Sox. Sox, 23. On the, yeah, on the old Sox jersey with the Sox, like the 1985, like yeah. Topps baseball cards uh, jerseys. I've, wow. I've, I, I, I'm a big bag of shit these days and I don't fit into it. But I think it's like a 40, a 40 or 42, which is like a medium, I think. Medium okay. large. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll I'm send like, it to you. I'm, I'm, I'll bring I'm, it to you. I wear Vegas. a large t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. I'll bring it to you in Vegas. Cause it doesn't fit me anymore. Oh my I, yeah, God. I, that'd be amazing. I will wear it. Hell yeah. In Vegas. Yeah. It's and um, then people will come up to me and be like, Hey, did you know that Nolan Ryan beat up Rob Mentura? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna... I hate that day. Every day, yeah. every day now with Twitter, it's like every year on that day, they throw that video up there. It's like the worst I, day of my, of my it was life. like you know like w- you know wearing a men hat or anything like and like and you're in a store or anywhere and you're like and someone comes up to you it's like this is not an invitation to talk <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> hey man you're a meth fan <laughs> you know i'm in the non-dairy aisle in whole foods get away from me <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's so funny though but sports i feel like anything with a team is p- people feel like it's an invitation to you know to like come up to you and say something you know <laughs> you a meth fan no i think they suck <laughs> why well, i'm wearing a hat and a jersey <laughs> oh my god it's like have a better pickup line it's like almost like when you pick up a girl like step the game up you know like t- talk to me about their winning streak or losing streak right off the bat you know Oh my God. Are you a Met fan? <laughs> oh my God. It just bothers me. Sorry. I don't like dislike people, but I just feel like it's such a weird, you know, I'm allowed to say something to you now, walk up close to your face, you know, like get away. Anyway, um, I had on my wall, I was a big poster guy. Um, had Wayne Gretzky poster. I had Chris Weber posters with a big Chris Weber Ooh. fan. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Chris Weber was my guy. I mean, thought he was always one of the most dazzling players for a big man. Like, like kind of invented that point forward, you know, like great pass. Ah, he was just I love Chris Weber. Um, even though you know, again, yeah, but you had that timeout. He called whatever. He got over it. You know, he didn't like he didn't commit suicide after that. He went on to have a great career. Um, who else did I have? I obviously had some Jordans up there. Um, I had a Barry Sanders one. It was one where it was like, um, poor, it was, uh, what do you call it? Landscape style. It was left to right, you know, and it was him like jumping through the air doing one of his hurdles. Um, yeah, I had a whole bunch of different ones. And then I think, I think, um, at some point I just started having a lot of like cutouts, the same thing. Like I would cut out things from magazines and newspapers and just start popping them up there. Until it became like all Britney Spears from the Rolling Stone magazine. It's like, I had to stop doing that. <laughs> He's like, why do you have Britney Spears all over your wall? I don't know. Because I could see her whole belly. Um, but 
Uh, <laughs> he's hot. Um, but uh, yeah, so those are my, and actually I had a, I had, I had a bunch of ultimate warrior wrestling um, posters. Cause he was my guy uh, in wrestling. So, but posters were fun. I actually still have them. I don't know if I sent you guys pictures in the chat of them, but I had them, I have them rolled up in my closet because I feel like I think we just lost Toby though. <laughs> yeah, we just lost. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> I, I like the self awareness in the Odyssey. You weren't like trying to like make up some bullshit about like her music. She's kind of naked. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I don't know because I can see her whole belly. <laughs> <laughs> she had nice obliques. oh man poor Brittany. i mean she really got such a bad rat oh Oh, what a terrible life man i feel terrible for her like i like yeah anyway all right one more question ready would you rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person you know uh would you rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person you know for 24 hours or go camping with someone who likes you but you don't like back Toby, you go first because you're a big camper. So would you rather spend that camping? I love how I've cultivated uh, a... um... Well, you send those beautiful pictures by the river. I mean... Oh, I know, but yeah, but I stay in Airbnbs and then I go to these beautiful places. (laughs) I don't camp. I don't camp, man. I do s'mores. S'mores you can do anywhere. Are they yurts that you stay in? No, uh, no, no. If I was really... I have, you know, I... I, uh, I Do you have ethics? Do you have camping ethics? Uh, I have, uh, yes, I don't, I, the main thing for me is just, I don't want to destroy the environment and leave any litter around. Yes. No, I like to be sleeping in a comfortable bed. <laughs> um, uh, so would I rather be handcuffed to the most annoying person or go camping with somebody that likes me, but I don't like them. They don't, I don't like them back. Yes. Are you talking about like romantically? Like I, I like them or like, or like or are we just talking like, like just somebody who's yeah, like, oh, should... it's really cool to hang out with you. And I'm like, it's not cool to hang out with you. You could do that. Or I could pick another card, whatever. I could pick another card. I could, I guess, <laughs> well, I'm just. It might be. A, I, I guess it might be. Like I mean, a... I'd say the camping thing, right? Because I would not want to be handcuffed to the most annoying person in the world. But does it give a time period that I'd be handcuffed to them? 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just go camping. I could just avoid that person that likes me and I don't like. There's a but, problem, though, with the camping. If you go camping with someone that likes you, but you don't like them, they're going to start thinking you like them, too. So the 24 hours <laughs> could extend for months because that person can think we, we have a new friendship. He decided he accepted to go come camping with me. Mm. So it could become a lifelong thing of dealing with a person you don't like. And before you know it, they're they're handcuffing you to make, <laughs> make sure that they get to hang out with you. And that could be more than 24 hours, too, because you don't have the key. So uh, Phil makes a great point. <laughs> oh, man. I think I, I yeah, I think I would. I think I would go. Yeah, it's tough because that's a good point, though. That's a good point. But I, I guess the camping. Yeah, the camping thing is more relaxed and you can kind of. But also, too, like, I mean. If, if you don't like, like the person, you like it's probably because it. that person's annoying. Right. It's true. Huh? 
I think uh, think about a thing. I, I take the handcuffs, just deal with it for 24 hours and be done. <laughs> Steve? What, Steve, I, I, do, you got a separate question. Ready? Okay, good. I have nothing Would you rather more. have a road trip? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to need you to point. All right. Um, would you rather eat peanut butter and jellies or grilled cheeses the rest of your life? Grilled cheese. Ooh, nice and quick. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What's your favorite grilled cheese? Oh, I'm not a I'm not a connoisseur. Um, <laughs> sounded like you're a connoisseur with that quick response. No, I don't know. Just the, uh, the I just like the textural contrast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you actually growing up had a, a poster yeah. that was just different grilled cheeses from <laughs> totally not burnt all the way to burnt. Yeah. Little fun facts I'm, about that. Yeah, I, I'm a four. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what those were. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah, one? Yeah, which one do you do? Which uh, banana do you? Uh, yeah. Do you prefer? Yeah, these like people listen to like one guy had presidents on his wall, and the other guy's talking about Britney Spears' belly. <laughs> <laughs> what a wide, wide range of uh of characters here. Oh shit, that's awesome. All right, guys, that was great. Um, I hope everyone uh, had fun because I had a shit ton of fun. I feel like I could probably do this every night and just talk to you guys and instead of chatting in, in type of way because it just comes natural. And uh, again, you guys have been uh, a big a big part of not only my success in fantasy and just like being able to improve like my my skills and, and, and my awareness of things, but um, in like a shitty stretch of my life, you guys have really been a bright spot always being able to you know chat and talk and getting away from you know stresses of life so i appreciate you guys a lot likewise likewise man cool likewise and right. we finally got uh we're both to do this thing we've been talking about it for probably the past year we gotta do podcasts everyone together so um toby uh was able to leave little kid kids a little bit earlier, and then me and Steve stayed up uh, by <laughs> really three late. hours past their regular bedtime. So, <laughs> sounds like a ser- fair, uh, fair sacrifice to me, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> I hope you guys aren't too crabby in the chat tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, it's all Jesus. good. It's all good. I'm a night hawk anyway, man. I have no problem with it. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate you guys, and uh, well, uh kick ass the rest of the year steve if you can take it home get that main event overall title i know it's gonna be rough but unlikely you, know. you got you know yeah. two teams in the top 10 is is, is pretty dope it's incredible it's yeah. incredible the way you slice it i mean i'm like again i you know we're talking about like just winning main event leagues and having like being second in two leagues just like so i feel good but i don't feel good you know it's like, come on, man. I just want one. I'd rather be like first and seventh and second and second. Is that makes any sense? <laughs> it's like, oh, I just want one win. I want two seconds. You know, it's like imagine being second in three leagues. Huh. Who's <laughs> oh. who's doing that? We are we doing a seconds thing, huh? I got oh, no. three are you still at the one hundred seven point five? At every single league, and every yeah. single league, oh, oh man. man, it was crazy. Post, and you know, like, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, No way, do you have yeah. all the same numbers and all the same teams? No, I, I do have two seconds. My mains are both in second, 
And I was going to say, I mean, Steve's got two, two teams in the top 10 or actually two teams in the top seven or six, depending on the day. I've got two top team, two teams in the top 100 right now. 99, 95, baby. Boom. Lock it in. Boom. Consistency. So, and Phil, what's your um, overalls? Uh, 68, 69, 96, and 110. Okay. I'm still a guy dragging down the, I'm still a guy dragging down at the 130. All right. But oh. I, said, I said, was it like two weeks ago? I said, we got to be all our, was it? 11 main event teams all in top 100. So I think it's still doable. Yeah. All right. Just gotta I, I got to get hot. Um, yeah. That's the team. I have <laughs> $6 left. So <laughs> let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Awesome. Good luck. Kick ass the rest of the year. Take it easy, guys. All righty, y'all. Thanks for anyone who made it through this whole podcast. I really appreciate you listening. I uh, appreciate all the support. Again, thank you for anyone who took time to leave a rating and review. And if you haven't done so yet, please, if you find a podcast any bit um, helpful and actionable and enjoyable for you, um, please leave a rating and review. You can send me a, um, a snapshot of the rating or review on Twitter or or email that's listed in the show notes. And um, have some stickers, some pull hitter stickers or fridge magnet if you're into that, whatever. Um, let me know. I'll send you some stuff. All right. Don't be a bag of shit. Peace.